Hello and welcome to the Criterion Quest, a continuing podcast series looking at important films and contemporary classics. That didn't make as an impressive a noise as you thought it might, Toby. <laughs> uh, my name is Chris, and I am joined, as usual, by my wonderful co-host, Lee. Hello. It's been a while since I've said that. I know. <laughs> and we are also joined by our wonderful special guest, uh, Toby. I am special. You are. Yes. Uh, get up in on that mic if you can. Sorry, I am special, and I just blow Chris's levels. <laughs> you um, blew something else. I, did, I, I always blow my levels, <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh, God. 2022. What a year. Yeah. I reckon it's the year of two things. Horror. Yep. And the comeback. Oh, okay. And you, like, in particular, you're thinking, obviously, uh, so everything, Mr. Yep. Mr. Fraser. Mr. Fraser, um, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, Who's yeah. Mr. Fraser? Um, Brendan. Encino Man oh, himself. I was thinking of, like, actual, like, Niles. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. For God's sake, Niles. For God's sake, Niles. <laughs> um, short round. I feel really bad saying Kee-hee that. Kwan. Thank you. Yeah. I'm never going to remember that name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's really mean, but, yeah. Yep. The year of the comeback. Yeah, yeah. And amazing films, actually. Um, It's one of those ones, every year everyone seems to be like, oh, there's no good movies this year, there's no good movies. And then you're like, no, there was a bunch of fucking good movies this year. There really, Mm. really was. Name one. Uh, I can name a couple, and that is what we're going to be doing this episode. Um, We're going to be taking a little bit of time and uh, just lazily chatting about some of our favourites and just kind of film in general for the year. I um, want to know, so I've been trying to con- log my um, films that I watched on Letterboxd and I definitely forgot <laughs> and then tried to backlog it. Yeah. Um, how much do you have, Chris? Uh, of 2022 specific films? So I have 34 that I logged. That came out in 2022. Yeah, so not my favourite, just yeah. films I watched. Uh, I have 132. Ah! <laughs> that came out in this year alone, or in last year alone. I think Toby was similar in that we, we started to log and then we forgot. I, I just didn't watch as much as I normally do in a year, which is a thing. Yeah, you, you got kind of pre, like, you know, predisposed with painting. Yeah, year I painted a lot. That's all I did. Yeah, And Lee, you had a child. <laughs> so, so we had things going on, Chris. Yeah. yeah. You can, you've got plenty of movie watching time now. So. I think, you know what? I mean, obviously yours is a big number. I think 34 is pretty good. Yeah, that, I would say that is above average yeah. for most people. Yeah, I think most people would probably watch maybe like, oh, no, nah, that's a lie. Now that Netflix and all of that shit exists. I was going to say, like, six not... of fil- six films. Like, who goes... No one goes to the movies anymore. Yeah. Unless I mean... it's, like, Avatar, which is amazing by all accounts. It's... Not that I'd know. Well, okay. Fuck it. Let's start it off with Avatar, the biggest film of the year, then. It wasn't the biggest film? It was. Yeah, Avatar is now the fourth highest grossing film of all time. That's gross. Um, so James Cameron has three of the top five highest grossing films of all time. What, Titanic? Avatars one and two. What's the fourth one? Uh, it's not one of his. Yeah, well... Yeah, uh, Avengers? Oh, yeah. It'd be something like that. And something else. Hmm. Oh, fuck it, I'll look it up. No, you don't need to. I don't care. I, want, I am intrigued now. See, why is Letterboxd being such a letter 
don't. <laughs> it doesn't tell me like anything. I, I just I can't you remember. Pay for all the bits. No, I, like, I I just found out all the movies that I logged, and now I can't remember how I got to that section. Hmm? Well, I don't think that's Letterbox fault. I, I more put that on you. Yeah, everything's um, my th- fault. It's all so, Toby's fault. Number five is Star Wars: The Force Awakens. What? Is that the first one of the recent yes. three? Yeah. yeah. Of course, that made two billion dollars. I love how the that's other two not did. Dis- it. That's not Disney inflating the numbers, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I love. It. Yeah, I, that's my favorite thing. Like Netflix doing their numbers, how it just like uh, forty billion people watched Murder Mystery, the Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> Yeah, they extrapolate every fucking like person that every person that watches it account watches it. There's five other people there. Yeah, and it's also they don't they count if you click on it. It means you've watched it. Yeah, you, you could have left five minutes in, yeah. but you you uh, watched it. <laughs> sometimes I do that to see the running time. Yeah, mm. but well, um, Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. Um, I am uh not a fan of the first one. Mm-hmm. I it, it's one where I went in so excited for the first one back in what 20 2008 or 2010 whenever that was. Jesus. Um was yeah, it was like 12 13 years ago. Um and so excited cuz it's fucking Big Jim. <laughs> it's ah! Big Swinging Jim doing his thing big and Jim. and it was just not engaging to me i just did not like that story um it's one where it's, it's kind of undeniable in terms of how it looks yeah. like the special effects and you know it's a gorgeous looking movie um but i i was like you know what fuck it i um, he's you know strike one Let, let's go for you know another at bat and see what happens with avatar 2 and i enjoyed it way more than the first one hmm. because i went in i think with the lowest expectations I was just like, I don't like the world of Pandora. I don't care. But you like, don't want to get a charm bracelet? No, no. Hmm. I, I don't. I don't want to. You don't like connecting your tail with uh, other species? Oh, yeah, man. There is some great interspecies erotica. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's a movie for bestiality. This is, I think, why, and because of that is kind of why I loved Avatar oh, You're so in a zoo far. Yeah, yeah. Because um, basically the movie starts off, it's like we're going to set up our premise and then you know, oh my god, the humans are back after us, blah, 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 we've got to flee. And they go off to live with the water people. And then the movie just takes a side tangent for about an hour and 20 minutes where the lead character are the kids, and it's all about the outcast, like, middle child who has these kind what, of, like... What kids? Uh, Jake Sully's kids <laughs> and oh. Natiri's kids. And um, it's all about the middle child who's kind of the outsider kid uh, becoming best friends with a giant space whale who has been ousted from his clan and he becomes his best friend. It becomes Space Free Willy for an hour and a half and I fucking loved it. <laughs> it is so fucking weird. And, and then it becomes like James Cameron-y action movie at the end. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> this I liked this because it was just fucking weird. It's yeah. about a kid becoming friends with a whale. <laughs> That's pretty Sounds cool. Good. Yeah, I liked it. And yeah. Sam Worthington isn't in it much, so that's a bonus. Yeah, I do not like Sam Worthington. Yeah, I liked what I liked more about Avatar Two was the fact that he just dropped trying to do the American accent. Oh. Like, I mean, he's doing it, but then like every like once a sentence, he's just like, "Fuck it, Aussie." Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I can't do this. So Jesus. I don't mind Sam Sam Worthington. I mean, he's okay, but yeah, he's Chris Worthington light. You mean Hemsworth? 
<laughs> we, the last thing we need is another Chris. <laughs> They're taking over Hollywood. <laughs> Side note, who is your favourite Chris? Pine. <laughs> yeah. Pine. Uh, yeah, it's Pine. What's one? It, no, no, no. Of the Hollywood Chris's, it is, it's Pine, right? There's yeah. no oh, fucking... He's like, I fucking love... It's not just of the Chris's. I just fucking love Chris Pine. Yeah. On that note, did any either of you two watch Don't Worry Darling? No. no. Okay. Uh, is that a 22 film? Yes, it is. It's got Harry Styles in it. Yes, uh, it is. Directed by Oliver, Oliver Wilde. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Oliver, Oliver Twist directed well, she, it. I thought she was in the back rooting Styles. Yeah, well, that's what she was doing. She I thought, yeah, didn't Florence anything. Pugh direct it yeah. <laughs> on the sly? Um, yeah, that is a terrible film I really did not like, but... It's one where, like, Chris Pratt is, like, strapping that film to his back and dragging it through the desert. <laughs> like, I don't, Chris Pine. Sorry, Chris Pine. Chris Pine. He is doing his darndest to, like, fucking make that movie work. He's charismatic and charming and fun. And it's like, you, good for you, buddy. It's not Harry Styles, though. No, but a few people are. I mean, the main, main reason why he isn't Harry Styles is because he can act. <laughs> yeah, but Harry Styles can sing. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm sh- I, I reckon Chris Pine could fucking bust out a number. He could get an ego. He could bust yeah. a nut and all of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not that kind yeah. of show. No, no, clean it up. Mind out of the gutter. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you'd mentioned as well, Lee, like the year of the comeback. You mentioned Jennifer Coolidge. Um, yeah. I'm guessing you're your White, White Lotus. Yeah, not Her film, beauty. but yeah, not film, but she got the. Um... Golden Globe for her performance. Yeah, and, where, and her acceptance speech. I'm like, is this a part of the act, or are you, bit? or are you just? Did you act at all, yeah. or did they just roll camera on you? That's what we were thinking when we watched yeah. her like speech and all that. But then there was an interview afterwards or before, whenever it was, and someone said, um, "So, what would you like to do for your next role?" And she's like, "I've always wanted to play a dolphin. <laughs> I love you." <laughs> it just makes me think whenever I see it. I just think like Best in Show and all the Christopher yes. Guest oh, movies. That, yes, that Stifler's mum. Yeah, I don't know who Stifler's mum is. <laughs> I know Best in Show. Like that's that's like a standout movie. Um, but I yeah. don't know who Stifler's mum. I couldn't tell you what she looks like. I think I've seen American. I don't even think I've seen American Pie. Wow. Well, you're yeah. not missing much. I no. Like it. I love that the uh, directors of that movie openly are out, just like, yeah, that movie gave us our careers, but fuck that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, that guy's weird looking. I don't like him. Which? The main guy. Oh, Jason Biggs, the little weird. <laughs> Wait, did, he direct, he did, did he direct American Pie? No, he just acted it. That's <laughs> yeah. gross. Anyway, let's no. talk about a 2022 film. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, talk about the Batman. Okay. I haven't seen the Batman, but you guys go. That was a shit film. <laughs> what didn't you like about it? Everything. It was. What do you? It's like that. Is it Taxi Driver? That it's kind of like. No, you're thinking of Joker. Oh no, I am too. <laughs> <Batman>. <laughs> Yeah, no, I did. I went to the movies and watched it, and the cinema was empty. Granted, it was a work day. And it was a couple of weeks post-release. Yeah, I think so. And it was, like, middle of the day. Um, There's a lock on the fridge, because the cat knows how to open the fridge. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. It was just... Like, I guess the story of it was... It's an interesting take on, on the Batman... Franchise character, character? Yeah. What, do you, what would you call it? Like um, universe, maybe. Yeah. Um, like it was because you know what, what, what's the actual comic that it was based on? Is it Year One or something? Uh, not not a... really. Like I think Matt Reeves, who wrote and directed it, his premise was kind of 
we're not doing year one because I know Batman Begins draws a lot from year one. Yeah. But it's it's he's kind of like we're doing like year two or three. Yeah, so he's like, like he's, an adolescent Batman. Yeah, he's been doing it a little bit. Yeah. Um but what what I liked about the Batman was you saw Batman enter a crime scene and investigate and take photos and be a detective. Yeah, look, it had elements like that yeah. that were pretty cool, but it was just in general, it was like, this is this is just boring me. I, it, I fell asleep during it. The problem is it's way too Granted, long. It doesn't take much. Um, and it, it's two films Yeah, in one. It's There's the whole Riddler plotline, and then there's the whole um, John Turturro, Colin Farrell mobster plotline, and the two never really intersect much and so yeah, it's that was, that it's was... almost like you needed to pick which one you were focusing on and do that story i guess they were leaving themselves options for batman too yeah oh yeah like it's definitely obviously colin farrell will be back as the penguin well like the um like it, it's kind of messed up like it's it's annoying that they use two villains or whatever you want to call them that have been used before so you've because whenever well, I picture, three, if you uh, are you Scarecrow including Penguin in yeah. there? Yeah. So it's Riddler, Scarecrow, uh, Riddler, Penguin, and Carmine Falcone, who's John Turturro, the mob boss. Yeah, but like, that was um uh, basically. Yeah, but that, uh, wasn't that the guy in Daredevil though? No, no, no. It's um uh, what you call it? Um, I don't know anything about DC. I don't know. Anything yeah, about no. DC. I I, I want to say Tom Wilkinson played Falcone. Or no, Falcone. Uh, I know anyway, it's in the it Christopher matter, Nolan ones it for sure. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, like, just the uh, the Riddler and uh, the Penguin. Um, all I think of is Burton's ones, or like um, the Schumacher, Schumacher as well. Ones well, well, I mean, they didn't. They set up Colin Farrell as Penguin, but they didn't do much. No, like they, they very much have set him up to be like in future movies, the main bad guy. Um, and it was the thing of, I went into it just being like, oh, sweet, you've got Paul Dano going like full David Fincher level Riddler. Yeah. I'm all in. And then when you see it, you're just like, yeah, it's exactly what I expected Paul Dano to do with that. It's yeah. not, and I fucking love Paul Dano. Yeah, I just wish he did. Too. It was something more, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it just, I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't, yeah. didn't entertain me. Oh, I d- yeah, bored, bored I didn't love it either. Like, but... And I like those slow kind of crime movies and all of that, but it was just, just didn't do it for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's going to be my response to every movie why I didn't like it. Toby gives it a C+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. It was aggressively average. Yeah. Speaking of Paul Dano, should we talk about the Fablemans? Uh, do we maybe want to save the Fablemans for a bit later on? Because that's... A good one. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I know I'm just uh, looking through. Should I have my entire massive list or just like whittled down to my top 20 thing? Well, your massive list is all right, because yeah. then you might find something you didn't like. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of... I mean, with the cinemas being back open and things this year, it was one where I just went and saw a lot of shit. Um, it was ones where, like, yeah... You had I, years to catch up on. Yeah. Well, it was also like, fuck it, I finish work in the Arvo, I'll just go to the movies. So I went... Like, and there was a lot of kind of middle-of-the-road decent movies. Mm-hmm. Stuff like, you know, recently, like The Menu or... I really want to see that. Like, mm. that's, that's the one that's been top of my list for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bullet Train, another one where it's yeah. just like, yeah, just totally fine popcorn-y entertainment. Bullet Train wasn't bad. Yeah. But the one that I think is like the absolute pinnacle of that for this year is Michael Bay's Ambulance. No, that was the masterpiece of last yeah. year. You put that on and we watched it at 
Tom's house. Yep. And I remember going, what the fuck are we watching? I'm like, it's but... Jake Gyllenhaal screaming in a turtleneck yeah. <laughs> while a drone flies around. But it was definitely lots of fun. Yeah. It is It is just super dumb fun, that movie. Mm. Like, yeah, my review of it was on Letterboxd was... Um, Michael Bay discovering drones is like a Pokemon evolving to its final form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's didn't... just become perfection. <laughs> didn't he create a bunch of like uh, methods or something like that? Well, no. Drones? What he did was he got he hired um, like America's best like drone racer yeah. to be like the camera operator. So good. Yeah, like he's like I'm just gonna hire the guy who's the best in the country at flying drones and get him to like strap a bunch of cameras to them. It's a good idea because yeah. it works. Like. I hate normally I hate drone shots in um in in movies. Yeah. But this it works. It lacks the weight of like a helicopter shot. It it just seems almost too ethereal. Yeah. And whereas like but it kind of worked for Bay because it's so frantic and kinetic. No, th- He's I, the first person I think that has made drones work. I think I think I 100% agree with you there. Do you think Bay realizes who he is and is just like yes. eating it up? He's self-aware. Yes. There is a wonderful uh, quote from Michael Bay. Um, if, if you want to have a gr- uh, see a great uh, breakdown of Michael Bay's filmography, um, the YouTube essayist um, Patrick Willems did a two-part video breaking down Michael Bay, a life and a career, oh, really? and it's fantastic. And there's there's a quote that he pulls from Bay in that where it's. Um, I, whenever I make a film, I never compromise my style, my ambition, or who I am. Pussies do that. <laughs> <laughs> so He's got a point. He knows who the fuck he is and what he's doing and has fun and makes a fuckload of money doing it. So, yeah. yeah and, not? you know, I'm just happy that he's not doing any of the Transformers bullshit anymore and he's gone back to low-budget, scrappy action movies. It's funny because I reckon if you were to look on any of the streaming services, you'd find thousands of movies yeah. similar to yeah, but, Ambulance. Well, Ambulance is a remake, actually, of a, um, I want to say, Norwegian film. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, Bay has, like, like everyone's trying to emulate Bay's style that do, like, on Netflix yeah. and all that shit. You can't, em- like, you can emulate it, but you're not never going to get it with the same class and, like, je ne sais quoi. Is that it, the right use of that? Yeah, yeah. It is that thing where... Like his films or not, Michael Bay is undeniably an auteur. Yeah. Like, he, no one can make a Michael Bay film like Michael Bay. <laughs> and whether or not you like those movies, that's that's fine, but it's... What about Brett Redner? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you evoke that disgusting human's neck? You mean a famous fucking pederast, Brett Redner? Is he a pederast? Yeah, yeah he, he, lo- like... he loves young women. Uh, <laughs> I thought underage boys, girls. But like... No, that's um, Z- uh, not Zack Snyder. Uh, Brian Singer likes oh, the underage right. boys, yeah. and Brett Ratner likes the underage girls. Jesus. Yeah. Wait, Brett Ratner is in... Rush Hour? <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm thinking of Brett Favreau. Uh, John Favre. You think of Brett Favre, the NFL player from the 90s, <laughs> and John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking at my giant list. Um, Talking about more middle of the road kind yeah, yeah. thing, Hustle. Did you guys see Hustle? Yes. No. I really enjoyed it. It's solid as hell. We put it on, and I was like, oh, I'm not paying attention. I was on my phone, and I'm like, whatever. This is going to be... I know what this is going to be. And then I put my phone down and I watched the shit out of that film. Yeah. And I loved it. I thought it was great. Anytime Adam Sandler does drama, I am interested. 
Yeah. Oh, wait. Which one's Hustle? It's him. It's Sandler is like the uh, NBA basketball scout. Oh, I did watch that. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was that was okay. Toby watches movies but doesn't clock what they're called or who's <laughs> in them unless they star 1990s quarterback Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was okay. That was okay. Yeah, it's that was so- better than um, you people. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, that's why. apples and oranges. Yeah. But it's, yeah, like I said, Sand, anytime Sandler does drama, I am at least interested to see what the fuck it's going to be. Yeah. Because he's a damn good actor. And I think, like, the guys that made Hustle, I think, really tapped in. Like, it's, I think the idea of getting him to do a good performance in a good film is just get him interested in the material. I mean, the, he, this is clearly something he loves basketball. This is yes. clearly something he's very interested in. Um, and if it's something he can engage with, he's going to give it his all. And, and he loves diamonds, too. Yeah, well, that's it. Or, he, or he's just like, I know how to play this guy. <laughs> I still haven't finished that. Oh, oh really? God. So you, you literally don't know how that movie ends. Don't tell me! Okay. Uh, I am. By the way, I'm so fucking excited. Coming in 2023, they're shooting it this year. Uh, new Safdie Brothers film with Sandler again. Really? Yeah, they're reteaming. They're going to do another movie together. Hopefully it's just as um, anxiety. It's a Safety Brothers film, yeah. so I would assume nothing less. But um, the coolest thing about Hustle um, was, because obviously we're in awards season at the moment, and it was pretty amazing. Like, Sandler popped every year, like, Hollywood Reporter and stuff do the round table of, like, the actors. Sing- I watched that one. And Sandler's there for Hustle. Yeah! And then... Sandler got a fucking Screen Actors Guild nomination for Best Actor. And everyone was like, holy shit, is Sa- could Sandler squeak in and get an Oscar nomination for Hustle? <laughs> Did he? No, no. <laughs> um, but it was just kind of like, oh, shit, okay, people liked Hustle. And cl- they clearly really like Sandler, so... Yeah. That was a good round table, except for Austin Butler with his fucking voice. Yeah. Oh. I loved how much Colin Farrell... Um, He's entered this phase in his career. Like, speaking, you were saying, like, people of the years of the comeback. Colin Farrell, I think, had the best year out of anyone this year. Like, obviously being in the Batman, like, huge film. And um, he was the best part of that film as the Penguin. Yeah. Um, and after then Yang? After Yang, which is fucking incredible. And then, of course, Banshees. So. Yeah. He's just had a killer 2022. And in that round table, he's quite honest about his yeah. past and films like Alexander. He's like, you know, talking about how you probably shouldn't hire me because I come with baggage. Yeah. People make assumptions about me or whatever or might not want to see it because I'm in it. So, yeah, mm. I like that. He, he's that thing where he's just like, I'm in my late 40s now. I've been around. I've been kind of kicked, dragged, booted out of this industry. I was a fuck, had to go rehab. I've been... I've seen it all. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm yeah. not... I'm going to do the shit that I want to do, and I'm not going to be pretentious. I'm not going to play the game. He just is a dude who seems really content in his life. And with that roundtable discussion, he seems so engaged. And with everything everyone's saying, he's, like, asking questions, talking... Like, you know, he's in the conversation. Not waiting for his turn to speak. Exactly. Whereas, like, a bunch of the other people are just kind of waiting for their turn. Yeah. And he just seems to, like, really care. Mm. And it's like, good for him. I mean, it could all just be a ruse and it's an act where I want to win my Oscar. But Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think you're right. Yeah. I think he's being honest. What did you guys think of Banshees on that note I of Colin? Seen Banshees. You haven't I watched it yet? No. Uh. loved it. Yeah. And I think it's the kind of thing when it finished... 
Because for so much of it, it's not really clear where it's going. Yeah. And then I think I finished. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then, like, the more I've sort of sat with it and thought about it, and then I'd love to rewatch it now because the characters are so endearing. Like, you just want to spend more yeah. time with them. I, I've watched it twice now and got so much more out of it the second time. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what it's about. Uh, it's about uh, it's set in the uh, early 1900s on a small island in Ireland, um, and uh, it's about uh, Colin Farrell plays this guy Padraig, who uh, just all of a sudden one day his best friend decides he doesn't want to talk to him anymore, doesn't want to be friends with him. Oh, yeah. What did um, he do? Uh, doesn't know. No, I mean, what did he do uh. as vengeance? Uh, he just. Once he Did just he don his penguin costume. No, <laughs> he put on the bullseye outfit. <laughs> um, no, he yeah, it's just this beautiful kind of sad, creeping melancholy. Um, the it's a really fucking dark, um, but it's one where on the repeat watches, I found knowing tonally and stylistically where it's going yeah. made it a lot easier to kind of go with the flow and pick up on yes. the nuance of it all. Yes. Um, I think that's such a thing. And I feel like that's my problem with a lot of the films I've watched this year, that that initial watching of where are we going, what are we doing, Yeah. Um, can kind of like blindside you to what's happening and then you don't sort of enjoy it yeah. in the moment. Too many people trying to subvert expectations, maybe. Or I don't know if it's necessarily that or it's just people kind of trying to pave their own path, I guess. Like, but Banshees is one where it's, like I said, like on rewatches kind of knowing how dark and how kind of melancholy the film is because they're really marketing it up for that like comedy value and of I it. And I definitely laughed yeah. out loud yeah. many times. Like a prime example is like when he, like it's like one or two days into the not being friends anymore and he's sitting in the house and he's got Jenny the donkey inside with him and his sister comes in Siobhan and she's he, she's just like get the fucking donkey out he's just like I'm not putting my donkey outside when I'm sad <laughs> and you're like hilarious yeah. line but then on the rewatch you're just like oh mm. it's his only friend that he has like it's heartbreaking yeah, when you yeah. actually examine what the dark comedy yeah what the subtext of it all is and Colin Farrell's performance is fucking jaw dropping in the film Yes, and I was going to say um, Barry... Barry Keoghan. And Carrie Condo. Uh, Carrie Condon. Condon, yes. Condon. Um, I've got their names up, but I don't know how to say them. Um, they were awesome. Yeah. Especially um, that scene they share together, which oh. we won't give away, but... Down by the, the water, yeah. That is oh. so beautiful, but <laughs> so heartbreaking. I know, right? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great film. I want to mm. watch it so I can enjoy it a bit more, I think. Yeah. It's one where the more I wa- the the subsequent times watching it, I've just been like, I like this more and more each time. Yeah. Who directed it? Martin McDonough. So, Three Billboards in oh, okay. Bruges. Oh, jeez. Oh, I didn't realise it was that, that yeah. guy. So it's him reteaming with Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell from In Bruges. And yeah, no shit. Yeah, it's how good's Brendan Gleeson? I reckon he's oh, one of my faves. Yeah, the fact and he's one of those dudes that's just been around forever. Oh. 
like and you kind of don't realize it until like now you look at older films that you would have watched oh my god that's pretty yeah you're like oh yeah he's like mel gibson's best friend in braveheart yeah (laughs) like he's been around forever plus his son fucking rules as well dommel yeah (laughs) i I didn't realize that until recently actually it was weird like i I think time loop films just got me during lockdown um because we were living in an infinite time loop um i watched about time like three times in lockdown (laughs) i really like that movie that's the one with justin timberlake yeah no, that's in time. Oh. Yeah. About time is um, uh, Dommel Gleeson and uh, Rachel McAdams, and he can travel back to any moment in his past. I saw that one. That was actually good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you is, think is it's going to be a... Aussie, is that an Aussie one? No, no, a British. It's yeah. Richard Curtis, who like wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral yeah. and no, no, Notting Hill yeah, and all that. That's actually yeah, surprisingly good. But you think it's going to be like a romantic comedy, and it ends up being more actually of a... Yes. drama about a dad and his son it's really I, yeah actually I'm thinking of something else I'm thinking of the one it doesn't matter continue <laughs> <laughs> this is why we have Toby on for, I thought of something nope never mind <laughs> I'm not trying to derail things this episode yeah just doing it accidentally. Mm. Yeah. yeah exactly um, I'm just going to let you guys throw, throw out movies at this uh, point Chippendale Rescue yeah. Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked I liked Chippendale. I liked it too. Yeah, speaking of a good solid middle of the road, middle like road, yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, it was one where like, are we kind of predisposed to like it because of Akiva directing it? But that's uh, fine. Yeah, I think it was a solid kids film. Film. Yeah, yeah. Compared to like Sonic Two, which did you watch that? Yeah. You did. Yeah. How did it compare I to Sonic I One? I loved Sonic One. <laughs> Sonic One was great. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, Sonic 2 wasn't bad. It was too long and, like, there was some pointless scenes that didn't need to be in there. Mm. But it wasn't bad. Like, it was fair to middling, middling to fair. Yeah. But it wasn't the best kids movie I saw this year. Mm. What was the best kids film? Are we going to talk about it? Yeah, let's get into it. Um, I'll I'll just say, like, uh, special commendation, I really like Turning Red. Yes. I wish I'd watched that because yeah. I know you liked it. You gave me sort of the premise and yeah. it does sound good. Um, I was chatting a bit to um, uh, Keelan over on the Patreon and he really did not like it. So it was kind of fun to have that little discussion. Um, yeah. I mean, you want to find out what we talked about, go to Patreon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I really liked that one. But there's one kid's film in particular that I think, Toby, you said was your number one of the year. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I went and made sure I watched it as well. Did you? Did you like it? I did. It yeah, sweet. it is. It's very, very lovely. Uh, Marcel the shell with no shoes, <laughs> shoes on. <laughs> Something like that. Um, I don't know, man. That movie was just fucking charming. It really, really was. I, it was so much better than I expected it to be. And yep. I, based uh, off, like, because we I obviously was, knew I, the YouTube shorts and stuff, being like, I, I, I I'm didn't. a fan of Jenny Slate. So. I had no yeah, idea. Really? You never watched the original shorts and stuff? Didn't even know that it was part of a short. Oh, wow. Okay. Until yeah. you just mentioned it. Or based it off of shorts, yeah. And I didn't know that. they adapted it into kids' books and stuff as well. You didn't know that yeah. either. Like, I just remember that I had tickets to Miff and then. I didn't got, go to any of them. <laughs> well, I got COVID in my defense. That's true. That's like, true. Come on. Like, I made it to a couple of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that was just, it was just funny. It was just good. It was just... Sweet. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast today and they were chatting a bit about uh, Marcel the Shell and they like played the one clip, like someone nominated it as their f- favorite funny moment of a movie 
and it was Marcel like debating with YouTube comments. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like you stand up for peace. Yeah, sure. Like <laughs> it's like and it's like it kind of encapsulates the character in the movie as a whole. It's Marcel just cannot fathom why someone needs to even vocalize why they're for peace. <laughs> it's just such a sweet, innocent character that it's like what do you do? Of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. peace. Like, just I, the sweetest little shell. I connected a lot with um, Nana Connie, Isabella Rossellini, because I have a very, or had a very special relationship with my Nana. Mm. And um, I look, live with her, and it was just the two of us for a very long time. So for me, I found it very emotional. I was yeah, wanting to ask, like, how did you go? Like, I even named my daughter after my nana. Yeah. So I love, I love nanas in general, but <laughs> mine was the best. Yeah. And I think it was very, it was a very nice film. I would say if anyone was experiencing grief, mm-hmm. this would be a beautiful. Yeah. It's kind of a nice way, like, back in the day, I mean, this is me sounding like a dick, like, a lot of modern kids' films do this, but uh, it's a kids' film that can actually examine and contextualise something that is emotionally important for a child mm. to be able to help them kind of learn and be able to understand something. And I think the film does that great with grief. Yeah. Grief, loss, and helping you kind of understand and come to terms with it. Yeah. So beautiful. And also he goes on a little adventure. <laughs> Is Marcel a boy? Yes, Marcel. <laughs> yeah, but, but is voiced by, by a woman. yes. But yeah. there's a scene where he's like, "Oh, she's so cute." He's reading a comment. Yeah, yeah. She's so cute with her pink shoes. And he's like, "My dad and grandpa had pink shoes." Yeah, <laughs> I'm a boy. Got yeah, his dad Mario. <laughs> <laughs> How good is Isabella Rosalini? Oh, I know she's Any just opportunity. A... I can get to say that. Yeah, <laughs> you follow her Insta. You got me onto her Instagram with her and her goats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't follow Isabella Rossellini on Instagram, get on it. It's it's yeah, wonderful she holds content. The camera way too close to her face. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of like that train guy, but not. <laughs> <laughs> that train guy, yeah. Yeah. So funny. Uh, what do we? What else we got? Um, uh, Neon Genesis 3.0 plus 1.0. That was 2021, Toby. Nah, not for me. It was last year, obviously. Um, but other than that, though, <laughs> Jurassic, World, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, do we want to talk about our worst films of the year? Yeah, that was fucking horrible. Um, like, just was... what every kid wants. To go to see a movie about dinosaurs, and it's mostly about locusts. I went to a Sunday matinee <laughs> session by myself. Yeah. And, like, there, was, there wasn't many people, but there was a few, and it was all families with young kids and stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't drunk. I wasn't stoned. I wasn't anything. It was... Completely sober, eating popcorn, lots of popcorn. <laughs> and I, I broke out into, like, fits of laughter about four times in that movie. Yeah. Like, just uncontrollable laughter at the absurdity of it. Like, there's one scene when Chris Pratt has a... There's actually two scenes. He has a full-on conversation with Blue, the raptor. Like, they are talking. Oh, see, he, see. They are talking and, like... He, Pratt is talking to the to the raptor, and the raptor is talking back. Yeah, and he can understand it. Yes, it that, is brilliant. Yeah, like, it is cat's level brilliant. See, that's what I wanted. I wanted the movie to lean more into if it went <sighs> like one hundred percent into insane schlock. Was, I would have loved that movie. So in in one that would have been being like best picture. Yeah, give it to it. Like in one hand, it's like oh, this movie is fucking terrible but on the other hand it's like this movie is genius like there's so it's many... not though because there's not enough of no, it well that's what i was gonna say it's yeah. like there's so many glimpses of like genius in this film but 
You just didn't stick the landing, boys. Yeah. Like, Although, I will say, it wasn't the worst film of the year. Was that uh, Doctor Strange? No, uh, Doctor Strange is fine. No, Thor? Thor is pretty shit. Thor is pretty terrible. Thor is actually... I couldn't finish Thor. Yeah. Um, neither did Thor, I. Uh, yeah, it was, um, that was shocking. Like, Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder. Thor... Yeah. It's yeah. Who would have thought that uh, we all got sick of Taika Waititi real quick? <laughs> oh no, I got sick of him when he was in that um, Free Guy movie. Oh yeah, well that that was oh god, that was this year as well. I think no, it wasn't last year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the worst movie of the year for me is uh, Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio. Oh yes, that was terrible. <clears throat> I did watch that. Yeah. I watched a good version of Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, it's. Didn't um, uh, Tom Hanks get a Razzie nomination for it? Yeah, of course. That's great. But uh, the Razzies can eat a dick. They they suck. Do they? I, I hate the Razzies. Because they poo-poo? It would, it's also just... And they, they're just assholes. Like, uh, it's, I think it's a shitty thing. Like, yeah, they, they think they're being smug and funny and stuff, but then they go and do fun stuff like nominate an 11-year-old girl for worst actress. Yeah, well, You're like, well, fuck you. You, you. You're just assholes. Who, um, who do they nominate? Uh, the little girl who played young Marilyn Monroe in Blonde, who oh, was great. Like, Blonde is not a good movie, but the performances in Blonde are harrowing and something that needed to be like I'm happy Anna de Armas got an Oscar nomination because what she went through in that film and like what she did like deserved recognition despite being an otherwise not good film yeah um, but there was a better Pinocchio movie this year yes which I didn't see I saw the shit one yeah <laughs> literally Pinocchio goes up and examines a giant pile of shit in that movie <laughs> Why are there two Pinocchios in one year? Pinocchio is open source. No, uh, Pinocchio is public domain, so anyone can make a Pinocchio movie. Ah. Um, Disney are just doing their Disney thing where they're doing their live action remakes. And I'd say live action with quotations. I know, right? Because it's not really. No. And Guillermo del Toro has been working for a very fucking long time on his stop-motion animated. He would have been so devastated. No, because he's going to win the Oscar. The best animated animated film. Which, unfortunately, it's going to be Marcel, but it's going to win best animated film, I think. Um, So Guillermo will have his fourth Oscar, which is pretty cool. But uh, that's a pretty damn good movie. Uh, It is not a kid's film. Not at all. No, it is like, yeah. All the Nazisms was like, well, yeah, yeah it's this like, is my jam. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> leave it to Guillermo del Toro to do Pinocchio, but Mussolini is a huge part of it. Yeah. <laughs> all about the Gestapo, and instead of going to Pleasure Island, he goes to military training camp for youths. Oh, God, that, that scene, I just, you just reminded me of that scene where they're like, Playing paintball, or yeah, paintball. the capture the flag thing. Yeah, yeah. fuck, that was great. Mm. Um, Love that movie. It's really good. That film. Uh, the more I think, I was a bit lukewarm when I first saw it, but now I'm uh, Peter warm. I don't know. <laughs> Try to think of another name, duck. Um, <laughs> Greg warm. Yeah, but uh, definitely Ewan McGregor was the better Jiminy Cricket this year. 
Was he, was he in... Um... He was in Guillermo's. What's his face? Jogo. Oh, yeah, that was Ewan McGregor. Rather than Jogo Levitt. Jogo. <laughs> yep. You know how I feel about Jogo. Used to be a fan, don't like him anymore. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, about since... 90% of the population. Oh, feel I'm, still, I'm still a fan. Yeah. Ever since that masturbation movie and... Uh, Don bike, John. And the bike riding movie. The best thing about Don John is Joseph Gordon-Levitt was just like, I'm going to write and direct a film. It's about what I'm passionate about. It's the story I need to tell. It's about a guy who's addicted to porn. <laughs> Toby's mulling that over for a second or two. Joseph Gordon Levitt's addicted to porn. Well, if you believe that there's truth in art, possibly. Well, if he's if he's obsessed with it, and he just really wants to bang. Hang on, I'm going to call him up. <laughs> Hello, Joseph. Yes. Um. That's all I got. <laughs> What about some documentaries this year? Ooh, yeah, okay. Oh, Navalny. Mm. Yeah, that was a pretty fucking great documentary. I'm guessing you didn't see Navalny. No, I've never even heard Uh, of it. It is about uh, Putin's political rival and the multiple assassination attempts Uh, on him. Ah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, And how they found out that, um, well, they they pinpointed it to, like, the Russians who, uh, what was it? Like, I don't know. They poisoned him on a flight. Yeah, that's that's what happened. They um they put uh, like a toxin in his underwear while he was staying abroad in a hotel, like that's the dry cleaning me. service, and so like it would he'd put on his underwear so it wouldn't be detectable and it would slowly seep in through the skin, and yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yep, and then he eventually went back to Russia and was immediately arrested and is uh, still in jail. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, most of the documentary is actually him before he flew back to Russia. Um, sitting and kind of telling his story and kind of uh, why we need to f- uh, rise up against Putin. Mm. Uh, so very yeah. interesting and timely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, his whole um, like rise to fame and stuff is just all internet based as well. Like he's got a huge cult following, and he cops a lot of shit like f- like from the detractors because he's he appeals to everyone. He plays so. the game. And, but he'll go and hang out with white nationalists and then he'll hang out with, you know, the ultra-left or whatever and he just hangs out with everyone. It's like, no, it's like this guy is the ultimate bad guy. We all need to put aside our differences and come together as one. And that's why he's hated, because he can actually unite the country of Russia. He's trying to get a dialogue going between different yeah. disparate it's re- it's groups. Yeah, really interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, really solid doco, that one. I watched a bunch of uh, music docos. Um, the Jerry Lee Lewis story we saw at MIFF. Yeah, weirdly directed by Ethan Cohen. Ethan Cohen. And I thought it was interesting because it's basically Jerry Lee Lewis talking and not much of anybody else. No. And it was all, wasn't it all like archive footage mm. as well? It wasn't anything new. It was all pieced together through like old live. No. Okay. Only just though. Did he do Great Balls of Fire? He yes. Sure did. And then he married his cousin. Yes. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one I saw was uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom. I still have not seen that. How is it? Because I know the book, and the book's amazing. Yeah, it is very. <sighs> What's the word? Just it's very cut together and not very fluent. Is but that... I don't know if I'm a opposed to it or if I'm for it. As in, there doesn't seem to be a consistent linear... It just sort of jumps from band to band, from time to time, from theme to theme. 
Yeah. So which, I don't know. I'm on the f- fence with it a bit. Yeah. It's it's examining like a scene and a moment, and it because of that doesn't have a coherent coherent narrative. Whereas yes, in a in, point. Yeah. Whereas in book form, you can kind of yeah. jump around a little bit easier. I'm guessing. Yeah. So it's not a movie about cocaine. I don't think there's mentions of cocaine. There's yeah. definitely mentions of drugs. Yeah. It's about the New York music scene in the 2000s. It's like the rising of LCD sound system, the strokes. Okay. All, yeah, that whole yeah, happening. Yeah, <laughs> um, but one I love was Moon Age Daydream. Just announced going straight to Criterion. Ah. Oh, that's the Bowie one, yeah? Yes. So good. I really like this director. Uh, Brett Morgan. Yeah, we watched... Um... Wait, so that's not actually coming out here, or did it come yeah, out? Yeah, no, it's, it's been and gone. Um, but yeah, the home video release, it's going straight to... Criterion. Criterion, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he, Brett Morgan has directed... What was the one? Montage of Heck. Montage of Heck, which the is... The Kurt Cobain one. Fucking gnarly ass. That's a, I really like that one. Me too. And um, then I also went back and watched the Jane Goodall one. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's not as batshit as... But it's... it's What he does with archive footage yeah. is insane. That's... It was one where, watching Moon Age Daydream, I was... I didn't love it as much as most people seem to. I think it's it's a, just a tad long for what it's doing. Yeah. Um, but it was one where I was sitting there being like, this would be a good movie to, like, take some acid or something and watch because there's a, so much... Bowie visuals and Bowie footage. I liked it because it wasn't a blow-by-blow, this is the life of David Bowie. It's more like these are the characters or the point of his character. Yeah, an examination of the art that he created. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, how he changed a lot and then it kicks in with ch-ch-ch-ch-changes and, like, um, you know, I knew bits of pieces of things, but, yeah, it you sort of just let it blow. Like you said, if you were on acid, it just washes. It. it washes over you, and it's just yeah. It's it's not trying to necessarily tell you the story of Bowie's life. It's trying to present to you how an artist evolves and changes. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I really liked it. I saw it in IMAX. That was a trip. Whoa. Yeah, that was that was pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um, my favorite doco of the year though was Fire of Love. Fire of Love. I loved that movie. Um, oh, yeah. That was like, I think how I described it to everyone after I saw it was like, it's like watching a real-life Steve Zizou documentary. Yeah, it's fucking da- e- Even down to the red caps yeah, so and the good. awkwardness and Do the synth reckon, music. <laughs> Do you reckon they took inspo from that? Yeah, of course. 100%. <laughs> They'd have to have. Have to have. Um, but yeah, I loved, uh, narrated by Miranda July. Uh, who wrote and directed Kajillionaire. Yeah. 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 Um, I, she was just the perfect kind of gentle voice to be telling that story. And I don't even remember a narrator in it. Yeah, yeah. And, with, again, one that used all kind of archival footage and things. And soundtrack was fucking awesome, just, like mm-hmm. using a lot of Brian Eno music and things in there. And, and the I can't remember the people's names, but the husband was really into filming. Yes. Like, so he just shoots the shit out of his, like, shots. It's yeah. awesomely... Filmed. And they clearly love the shit out of each other and love what they do. And love have, volcanoes. And have, like, I love when it's just like, this is me frying an egg on, a vol- on lava. <laughs> and then the part where they he gets, like, his little di- metal dinghy and goes out on, like, no, the was, acid lake rubber. and stuff. Oh. It, was a, it was rubber, wasn't it? 
Oh, it was, yeah, I think a, it was Robert. It was yeah, just a blow up. Yeah, and just like how his wife's like, "Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you." Mm. Like, yeah, I would fucking murder him. Yeah, how it's all about like it. It their relationship is what it was about. Yeah, I'm really intrigued because there was another documentary this year about them as well, and I mm. think it, I want to look it up. I think it was directed by Werner Herzog. No. Yeah. Get fucked. Oh, your man. Yeah, I I think Werner directed a doco about them this year. That's well, it's right up his alley. He's got that other volcano movie. Well, that's it. Like he loves his, you know, and he, like nice I love Werner, see. but his docos are just next level. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah, uh, the fire within, a requiem of Katya and Maurice Kraft. Oh my god. Yeah. When did that come out? Uh, don't know. It, it only has seven hundred and three ratings on IMDb, so not many people have. So I must just be doing like circuits then. Yeah, it looks like it's festivals. It was online, so yeah. Hmm. 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 Might have to check it out. But Fire of Love was so good that yeah, I just... Yeah, you suggested yeah. it and then we watched it and you're so right. Where's Anderson? Yeah. <laughs> it's just nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That movie. Mm. Very depressing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of know where, you know, if you study volcanoes, there's like a finite time you're going to be like studying volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hmm. Um, what about Top Gun Maverick? We already did a whole episode on Top Gun. Yeah, we, I mean, but that was Patreon only. But was uh, it? Yeah, that was a Patreon episode. I th- yeah, yeah. Well, um, we really liked it. I, if you had told me, la- like, at the beginning of last year, that uh, Top Gun Maverick would be in my top films of the year, would be nominated for Best Picture, and I would see it three times in cinemas, I would have punched you in the dick. <laughs> Like, there is no way I would have believed that At to be true. At what point did you realise, like, obviously, you go and see everything. So is yeah. that why you realised it was good, because you go and see everything? Or did you hear that it was he good? Made no, no, I, I, went, I went opening night, just because I'm like, I want to see what the fuck this is. It's been sitting on a shelf for nearly three years. Oh, really? Yeah, it was supposed to come out in 20... Uh, they shot it in 2018, 2019. Like, they, it had been... They made it a long time ago, and they were like... Yeah, but, I mean, COVID happened. Yeah, so. well, that's it. The fact that it's... The, that's what got me excited. A lot show. of those movies that sat there and yeah. be like, no, we're going to wait. Yeah. It, like, uh, like Bond as well, doing a similar thing. Like, the ones that kind of went out anyway, like Tenet and stuff, were disappointing. And, like, eh. Whereas... Did Tenet come out during COVID? Mid-COVID, yeah. Like, back when it kind of reopened a little bit, and... Um, they needed to make their money back because they spent so much. Paramount just were like, ah, fuck it. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, Warner Brothers, sorry, did that. Um, but, yeah, Top Gun, I, I went just because I'd go see everything, and I was like, what? I, I'm interested in this. I don't like Top Gun, the original. Um, it's not great. It's not great. I rewatched it, and I'm like, oh, I'm so bored. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's one where you're like, I get that this was a thing in 1985, that this yeah. would have been interesting and flashing, something you'd never seen before. Cool, but it is a boring-ass movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, what the fuck is, is this going to be? And knowing, like, just from the trailer, the f- type of footage they were getting, I was interested. Playing, playing with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then watching it, I was just like, I had not seen a film like that. And by that, I mean a solidly constructed, well-executed action blockbuster popcorn movie. I hadn't seen one like that in a very fucking long time. Mm. And I had a blast, and I then was like, Toby, Top Gun Maverick's 
actually really good. And so I dragged him to go see it. <laughs> and, and, I was like, and then I dragged you and Mike and Josh to go see it. Just, yeah, it gets, and it's one because it's like you needed to see it on the big screen. to. And I didn't realise when watching this, but <clears throat> the actors are in the planes. Yep. And they're really being, not they're not flying, but they're being flown up yep. into the sky. And, and then they're being filmed from the outside in. Like crew, No, no, inside. All, basically, that's what's so impressive about it as well. They basically worked, all the cast did like 18 months of prep and training. Like Cruz actually knows how to fly those planes. Now. Yeah, he but just he knows he, how to fly. Yeah, <laughs> he just he can just take just, off. Just look on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> he just flies off from the ground. Uh, no, I, I watched all the features on the Blu-ray because I was just interested how they made it. But and it's really fascinating. They had to obviously go through all of that training, and there's like footage of they had to like learn how to like, hey, if you are a, if the plane crashes in the ocean, you have to be trained and prepared to. And so it's like them having to do like drowning training and escape training and like all of it. It's, it was nuts. Like eighteen months of training before they even rolled like day one of footage, and then on top of that, they worked um, with uh, I think it was the folks at Red and Sony yeah, to they develop created a whole new like system. Yeah, a whole new rig of cameras that were basically set up inside that could withstand and be in the cockpit and still film in four K and good enough quality. And the actors themselves then had to be trained in those cameras. They would basically operate, turn, turn on the cameras, focus, do everything in the cockpits, do their own makeup even, then go up, do the scenes, and then they'd come down and be like, all right, let's check the footage and see if we got anything that would work. Because they couldn't have, like, you know, a relay down to the ground to, like, be looking at the footage and monitoring it. I mean, they, they, they also did build a rig, though, to do a bit of the, yeah, of course. Of the footage, but yeah. not all of it. Mm. But it's, it's a very interesting feat of blockbuster filmmaking that I found. And it never would have happened if it wasn't for Cruise as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, which Was it, like, the longest sequel? Or no, the um, Wizard of Oz sequel? I mean, well, that, Return to Oz. Return to Oz, though, isn't an official Return Wizard of Oz sequel. It's different it's just studio. Amazing. It's different. It's just another Fra- L. Frank Baum book. Like, it's not. Is there multiple? Oh, there's like twenty Oz books. Shit. Yeah. So does um, uh, what's that one with? Uh... Oh fuck! You know the other Oz one. Yeah, the one with... Um, Michael Jackson? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the Sam Raimi one. The James Franco... No, no, the one with Michael Jackson. Or oh, Prince? The Wiz. Yeah, the Wiz. Wiz the yeah. Sidney Lumet movie. Oh, by the way, rewatch that recently. It's fucking... That's a trip of a movie. Yeah, it's fucking Richard great. Pryor, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson. Holy it's shit. so good. Yeah, it is It is a baffling artifact. Um, again, <laughs> similar thing where it's... If that's, more, that's a remake, not a... Okay. Yeah. Uh, kind of a remake. Um... But yeah, no, I, I just dug Top Gun a lot, and okay, which I want to bring up. Uh, what do you guys think about the the theory that it's possibly a Jacob's Ladder or a uh, incident at Owl Creek, uh, where basically uh, you know how the movie starts with uh, Tom Cruise in that test plane that he <laughs> goes like Mark Eleven or whatever oh, so he gets killed. <laughs> yeah, and then it blows up, <laughs> like it's basically he's dead, and like the whole rest of the movie is like his. Like Jacob's life, like you know, the his life, like the what could be, and it's like, huh, it kind of makes sense. That's why he goes back to where it all started, and everything wraps up so perfectly for him. He becomes content with his life. He reconnects with like the f- son that he has never had that he lost. Like you know, it's he ends up married to Jennifer Connolly, like we all want to be. <laughs> so, so he's dead. 
Yeah, like that's a, that's <laughs> that's the fun fan, fan theory that the whole movie is like he's dead and this is his. Like. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Hmm. Um, I want to talk briefly about Nope. Yes. Nope. Uh, you meant Sky Jaws. Sky Jaws. Sky Jaws. I mentioned earlier the year of the horrors. Yes. There's been a fuck ton of horrors this year. Yeah. I I don't know if I'd call Nope a horror movie, though. There's some horror elements, but to me it was more an an adventure kind of movie. Like like Jaws. Toby nailed it after we left the cinema. He said that was Sky Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) Because it fucking was. (laughs) It's very true. Um, I I, I just love that movie. I, I think it is... It's closely getting... It might surpass Get Out for me in terms of Jordan Peele's films. I really fucking loved it. Mm. Um, yeah, just I enjoyed it. It was all right. I, <laughs> I don't. Lo- I didn't love it. Like as well, actually, I don't think it was as well received as Get Out. Or oh the God, other no. One. Um, Us. Yeah, which I'd agree with, but I didn't receive our, um, Get Out or Us as much as everybody else loved it as well. I mm. mean. I'm a kind of guy who doesn't like that Knives Out movie. You know? Yeah. So maybe it's just me and being an individual and not following trends. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It was. Toby's it was a lone wolf, guys. Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're in a pack of one. Yeah. Um, I liked Stephen Yoon in it. He was pretty great. Yeah. I oh my too. god, his whole monologue when he takes them back to like the room where it's the um all the memorabilia yeah. of the like most horrific thing that ever happened to him in his life and he's clearly not ever getting past it and just <laughs> yeah. immortalizing it and being, it's the perpetual like you know our generation being stuck in nostalgia and things but his monologue about the snl sketch <laughs> version of it it's like chris motherfucking Catan. <laughs> it's so amazing I was, I was just wondering like what does the monkey that whole thing add to the main storyline well, basically, okay. The the film's kind of it's it's essentially about um, media and how we as a culture consume it and get wrapped up at, in it, and like that. So basically, there is Stephen Yeun's kind of exemplifying that, as I just said, like the idea of being able to fixate on something and not move past it, and then because of that, his whole life is all about the spectacle and trying to maintain that and being the focus of attention and always being wrapped up in that. Um, and then also, which is then also folds into the whole alien thing where if you don't look at it, it can't hurt you and it can't Mm. affect you. And then it's basically him not being able to understand or decipher that. And it's so great at the end, like what happens to him and everyone at Jupe's ranch. (laughs) Um, but it's back at the beginning. It's why, uh, Geordie, the ape murdered everyone, but not him. It's because he didn't fucking look it in the eye. Yeah. But he doesn't understand that. He just thinks it's because he had a connection and he's special uh, and he's felt like... That just went all over my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. on you, Chris. But then it's the, you know, then it gets into the whole thing about media and stuff with them trying to desperately tr- want to film it. And, you know, it's... Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that movie and I, I fucking love it because it's housed within Sky Jaws. <laughs> I was going to say, you and I had this discussion um, before, but the main guy, what's his name? Oh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya, Daniel Kaluuya. I said to you, do you think it's on purpose or do you... He's very, like, mellowed out. He's not really bringing it. Do you think that's his character 
or do you think he's supposed to turn up? I think he's supposed to be a stoner. I I think it's 100% the character. Yeah. Because you look at his sister, awesomely played by Kiki Palmer. She's great. Yeah, she is. Imagine that was your sister, like growing up with that. Like you wouldn't get a word in edgewise. Yeah, yeah, So that is just his personality type is that. And he like, you can tell. silent type. He doesn't necessarily want to be doing what he's doing. He's, but try, he's he, keeping the family business he, alive. Exactly. He's just that stoic, like, doing what I'm going to do, like, yeah. kind of guy. Like, it's, again, the whole Western aspect of it. He's, like, kind of the stereotypical American cowboy kind of character, this strong, silent type, and, yeah. Yeah. Ah. I, I just fucking, I loved that movie. Mm. And you, you know that Nope's an acronym, right? No, I didn't. Not of Planet Earth. Ah. Yeah, fun, right? So Where do you what... get this shit from, Chris? I watch it in my head. Oh, that's just... I'm, I'm just a smart individual. <laughs> just ask But yeah, so like, it's, it's that wonderful thing of the, you know, nope, as in like horror movie, like, nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also like, oh yeah, it stands for, yeah. I didn't know that either. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um... yeah. Gonna take a quick break. <laughs> Oh man, I am so ready for Mortal Kombat 2. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's going to come out this year apparently. Did you see the new Mortal Kombat they did? No. It was like hard R, super violent oh, and stuff. Yeah, 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 no. Super fun. But Bro I saw died the trailer too easy. It. Yeah. I just love that like you cast Josh Lawson as Kano and it's just leaning into the dumb author of it. Yeah. And it's just like Kano wins, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It was an Australian production, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, it was all shot here in Australia. In southern Australia. Yeah. Um, Also known as the City of Churches. (laughs) Is it really? Mm. 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 They've got one tram, goes from the CBD to Glenelg. Yeah. I think Glenelg. Yeah, yeah, Glenelg. Adelaide's a nice city. They've got wine there as well. Yeah, the Barossa Valley. Mm. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Tourism South Australia, <laughs> <laughs> the place where you want to be. <laughs> um, we're back from a bathroom break, which is why we're talking about South Australia and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I do like South Australia, though. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's, it's like shit all. It's like Ballarat, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, shit all's the wrong word. Quaint. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't my know. nana would say queer. Mm. Mm. Nana was of a generation. <laughs> my, my dad had a good, a good. I'm not going to say. Yeah, it let's now. not get into what uh, your dad said. My yeah. dad said something great today. Yeah, he'll tell you off mic later. It mm-hmm. is. It's a doozy. Talking about uh, funny things, uh, weird. The Al Yankovic. I did not story. like it. I mean, I didn't not like it. I just didn't like it. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Where did it rank for you? Uh, better than UHF. See, I don't like UHF. I think that's... Yeah. Um, I think I like UHF better. I think I laugh more in UHF. But I think Daniel Radcliffe was superb in it. Oh, amazing casting choice. Yeah. And what I loved about it... uh, Yeah, it was one both you and Josh were surprised it wasn't on my end-of-year list. Because you are a massive... Do you say Yankovic or Yankovic? Vic. Okay, because Yankovic is wrong. Yes, that is not how that man pronounces his name. Lay Beatty. 
um, yeah, no, it's... You're a massive... I'm a massive... Yeah, yeah, before we um, started recording, I was telling you I had my calendar up, and I was like, oh, I get to go and see Weird Al in a month. Uh, my wife bought me one ticket <laughs> to go see Weird Al. She's not going with you. No, she's not. You're she, going by yourself. Uh, she did come with me last time he came down, though, so... Yeah. And that's why she's not no. <laughs> no. Uh yeah, no, I'm a massive, massive Weird Al fan. Um have been since I was a little kid. Uh like most people who are fans of Weird Al. Yes. Um but yeah, no, it's it's I don't know. It was one where I think I don't know if my because I was such a fan, my expectations were high for it, which is probably not a good thing. Um, but it's a very fun movie for what it is. is it? it it knows exactly what it is. I don't think it is. Well counter argument then. Um, it's very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Childish, but that's not the right word. I think it was kind of juvenile, juvenile, maybe. Um, you're the most juvenile person I know. I know, but I don't like Weird Al Yankovic. Like, it just doesn't do it for me. Like, I don't like that style of humour. Maybe it conjures up, like, memories from being a kid and... Never getting to run with scissors or something like that. <laughs> that is uh, the name of one of his great, great albums. <laughs> no, I just never saw the appeal of like that kind of parody music or like or anything that why people liked him or thought he was funny or anything like that. I I can understand that people find his humor humorous. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. That's fair. I liked it because it was a biopic. Yep. But it wasn't, though, because it was like completely fake. Like, a fake biopic, yeah. Dewey Cox did it so much better. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the kind of the big shoes it's kind of stepping in is how it how do you even do any music biopic after Walk Hard? Because Walk Hard just fucking obliterated and pointed out how fucking stupid that genre is. I know, I only What's Walk Hard? Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. It is a fake music biopic about... It's essentially... It's John C. Riley as a musician, Dewey Cox, and it starts off as kind of a straight parody of uh, Walk the Line, and then it just devolves into a parody of every single music biopic. And and I only saw that for the first time this year. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's really, really great. Um, The scene where he takes acid with the Beatles in India. Uh, (laughs) Paul Rudd playing Paul McCartney is amazing. (laughs) No, he's John Lennon. Like fucking hate. And then (laughs) Jason Schwartzman is Ringo, just like I just want to play the drums. (laughs) 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 um, That weird movie was like I agree, it was really well cast and there was some like good people in that. But yeah, I don't know, just. Rub me the wrong way. That's, no, that's a weird hour one. Yeah. I didn't enough. like Ray, Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna. I think... Yeah, that pissed me off. The whole Madonna aspect. She was really aspect. annoying in it. Yeah, um, it, it was a weird choice to take them, make her so heavy in the film and make that such a weird the first, plot line. The first half I loved. The bit where he's going out on stage with his band and it's in that like heavy metal rock thing... And they're, they're just so it's violent. pretty much like the scene in Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis has like, his first scene in Blues like, Brothers. Yeah. These guys are going to eat me. My song's about milkshakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny because it's that innocent, like, cute little whatever. Like, uh, but exactly. Well, that's the funny thing is because, like, Al's so non-offensive, like, doesn't swear, doesn't drink. Like, it's just – it's it's why so many people get into him when they're kids. Yeah. It's because it is, like – Music, like fucking my Bologna. <laughs> Another one rides the bus. Eat it. <laughs> Amish Paradise. Like yeah. they're great, but it is like dumb kitty humor. Yeah. 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 Um, but the the 
one of my favorite scenes out of any movie this year is the Boogie Nights pool party scene at Dr. Demento's. That, I thought, was fucking hilarious. And, like, just like, why not? Let's just do the Boogie Nights pool party scene. And then, like, going around and having, like, Dimitri Martin as Tiny Tim, um, Yorma from The Lonely Island as Pee Wee Herman, Paul F. Tompkins in there. Like, yeah, just fill it with cameos and stuff. See, that was another reason why I I didn't love it. I like it really is because I didn't know who any of these fucking people were. You didn't get who the... I didn't get what they were talking about or what any anything was about. Like, yeah. it just it went over my head. Like, I'm sure there were jokes there and positive there were, but just couldn't relate to anything. Yeah. So, so like, the whole idea of, like, Dr. Demento and Wolfman I don't know Jack who the and fuck all Dr. that. Dr. Demento is. Dr. Demento was, like, who... a radio comedy radio host who gave Al his first break and was, like, his mentor and stuff in real life, and so that's... I only yeah. know who Wolfman Jack is because of a reference from some other TV show. Uh, American Graffiti. No, it was some, it was some, uh, some TV show, wasn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I have no idea who the fuck he is. Like... I know who Madonna is because she's a cunt, but like. <laughs> I, did you see her biopic got cancelled? <gasps> Good. Did it? Yeah. I didn't know that there was one. I was her. so interested because that was such a weird thing where it's. It's like, hey, we want to do a Madonna biopic. Is she going to star in it as Madonna? No, she was writing and directing it herself. Oh, God, I kind of want to see. Yeah, that's why I'm not the train. Not just that, but then it's like, well, I've got to find the perfect perfect person to cast as me. So there was a reality TV show and like a year long search for people trying out and being contestants to be Madonna in the biopic. That's not true, is it? Yep. And then the movie got cancelled the week we're recording this. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I'm, I was so bummed because I'm like that. I what the fuck is that going to be, Madonna? It's either going to be incredibly bizarre and self indulgent and insane. A hundred percent, it would. Have you or seen bloody Instagram. Well, that's what I like. I, I'm just yeah. Was so interested in what it was going to be. She might as well have OnlyFans. She's always posting nudes and shit. It's like no one wants to see your wrinkly ass nude bitch. Shut the fuck up and it's, fuck no, off. She's not, I would. I, I wouldn't like mind Madonna. if she was wrinkly ass. She's so stretched. Yeah, that, well, that's mm. it. Like, it's she's just... pulled in all directions. She is not a human being <laughs> she's anymore. She's not anymore, and it's just sad. I remember on Graham Norton... It's like your um, grandma jumping on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, your grandma? My grandma's dead. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, my grandma. <laughs> I remember on Graham Norton, she's like, no one's offered me a drink. And they're like, it's right there on the table in front of her. She, well, no one's passed it to me. And I'm like, you are. You haven't done anything level. for yourself in 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> like, you are. Yeah. You've got a team around you who worship you and, like, wipe your ass. Yeah. You're so they're getting paid to do that. Yeah. It's not like anyone. This makes me it. think of White Lotus Season 2, The Assistant. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it really is like, like that Madonna biopic, what could have been, is kind of uh, inverse of something that we got this year which is one of the best films of the year uh which is a someone writing and directing their own autobiography and it turns out to be fucking incredible you mean the movie that i only understood about two-thirds of the way through i got a text from toby uh late one night saying i am an hour and a half into the fablemans and i've just realized fableman equals spielberg Yeah. I'm like, when are the Spielbergs supposed to come into play in this movie? Oh my god. And yeah. My response, I think, was yes, Sammy equals Stevie. <laughs> oh my god. But how? I'm, that's, you know, you're probably the only person on earth who got to watch The Fablemans not knowing that. Yeah, probably. And, like, there was a whole other thing as well. Um, 
um, uh, I think once I explained how it's, it's structured, all like vine- vine- vinaigrettes. Yeah, vignettes. Vignettes. Yeah, I like vinaigrettes. Vinaigrettes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all like vignettes, and which once I once Chris told me that the whole movie made a lot more sense because mm. I wasn't like I didn't dislike it. Like it's really well made, like fucking insanely well made, but it just wasn't dra- like grabbing me. Yeah. And then once yeah, Chris says that, Mike. Ah, it makes more sense now. Yeah. Like, it all it's all started to click. And I don't know why I didn't pick that up. Maybe it's because I've lost my movie shoes and I'm trying to find them again. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I know exactly what you mean. And I I loved the Fablemans. It's yeah. probably, like, my second favourite of the year. Yeah, I think you, you texted me saying, like, it's right up there for you. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I had it at number three for Yeah, me, so. I reckon it'd be up there for me. And I think it's probably for the same reason you love it as well, that just the way it opens with him going to the movies and then him returning from the movie. Absolutely him. fucking scarred. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. But the way he looks at his train set and the way he looks at the world now is now different. Yeah. After seeing a film, the way now. the only way he can process reality is through film, yeah. and being able to deconstruct and understand things through film, which then later plays off in the film. I'm s- sorry, we're going to get into spoilers if you haven't seen The Fablemans or don't know anything about Spielberg's life, but like it gets down into the point where he's editing the home movies of the. Like and then discover like he's able to process what's happening in his yes. family life yes. through the movies and make that discovery of his mum and um, Uncle Benny and yeah it's so layered and nuanced and incredibly constructed. Um, I think it is it is kind of formless in the sense of it is just a life. So mm. it is it's vignette. Yes. But once you kind of tap in and get on that wavelength with it, I think it is a Stone Cold masterpiece. Oh, I'm so glad you think so because I very much feel the same way. Yeah. I love, love, loved it. I wanted even more of him making films. But you know what? It would have been not – it needed a story. It needed – do you know, it felt like I'd seen it before. It had a nostalgia to it. Mm. And it's because you've seen so many Steven Spielberg movies before. The Family. Yeah. Yeah. Family's so good. It's like E.T., Close Encounters. It's all in there. Like, he's he's peppered in the elements of his life and his story throughout his entire career. But this is him finally kind of stepping back and looking at the completed jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, it's an accumulation of everything he's done. Yeah. And I think I texted you guys, like, a screenshot of it the other day where it's, like, the insane genius of this film where throughout the, his in his childhood bedroom he has a landscape, like, painting of cowboys on the wall and the horizon's in the middle. Yeah. Like, just a simple background detail where, like, and if, you, if you've seen the film, you know what that means. Like, Best yeah. ending. How good is the ending? Fucking incredible. Like, I love it. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I knew that David Lynch was in the film as John Ford, and yeah. I was just waiting the whole time. And then that scene is incredible, and then, but the final shot is yeah. remarkable, where it just fumbly fixes the horizon. Oh, like, so good. fucking incredible. I miss, I miss that. It's, he, Are you serious? Yeah. He leaves meeting, having met John Ford, yeah, where it's yeah. discussion, and then he, like, walks off into the horizon in the studio, and then the camera, like, awkwardly tilts down and moves the horizon line to huh, be okay. at the bottom yeah, to make I, it. I so, essentially, he is now Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting 
thing, like when you're Steven Spielberg, to make a film purely based on your childhood. Yeah. And not about you making Jaws. Yeah. Or anything else. Well, it's because there's enough out there about all of that stuff and That's all of that true. making. Like, yeah, it, it's more about like what led up and it's not, it's... While it's a story about him learning to become the man that he is and making movies and stuff, it's a movie about his family and coming to terms with all of that. And the way his dad was, that engineer, how things work. All yeah. That. So he has that part of, you know, film construction and yeah. how, how to do all that. And then the mum who is all love and all emotion and all and creativity. She, and she openly all... says, like, it's, it's the scientists versus the artists. Yeah. yeah. So he's recognised that the, the, the two of them equally are what led to him having the mind that he does. Yeah. Um, Was that actually true about, like, um, his dad being, like, one of the guys who like, pretty much invented the PC? Yeah. Invented yeah. the yeah. word? Uh, like modern computer. day computers. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah, and it is actually true that his mum on a whim bought a monkey. Like yeah. that's it. Like all the weird shit where you'd be like, "That's weird." It's like, no, it's because it actually fucking happened. <laughs> and I've got to say, this is a weird concept, but I think a little bit of childhood trauma leads to greater creativity. Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, empathy, everything. Yeah, it, it's. Like, I, don't know I wouldn't it's... recommend traumatizing <laughs> your kids, but I'm just saying. That's not on your parenting plan <laughs> for the future. <laughs> But I've got to say, I... There's services to traumatise your children. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got to say, I think, you know, it's almost like him coming to terms with that and going, well, maybe, you know, all of it, all of it led to me becoming the director that I did. And it's... Without without all that shit happening, I may not have... Yeah. Being the man I am. And it's one of those ones where when you think back on the film, you predominantly think about the family aspects of it and that first half of the film. But it's when once they move to California and he's in high school, that's where the film to me gets really fucking interesting. Um, like And funny as well. Like him dating the super Christian oh. girl who has like all... She's like, Jesus, her ideal man is sexy Jesus. <laughs> and she like... <laughs> Like someone the, like let's her. pray together yeah. and then they start making it. It's so fucking funny. Doesn't that whole section feel to you like, oh my god, when I was in high school and just feel like a story that you would tell yeah. someone? Like yeah. it just feels like can you believe this fucking happened? Yeah. It's so fucking crazy. And you realise Spielberg hasn't done comedy really since like Catch Me If You Can, like twenty years or oh, something. You call that comedy? comedy? Yeah, oh for sure. Catch me if you can's hilarious. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I suppose it is. Even in Saving Private Ryan, there's moments of comedy with the comrades and all that sort of thing. Mm. I think there's elements within all his films that are a little bit funny from time to time. Oh, for sure. But But yeah, anyway. But then him, like, you know, getting coaxed back into making movies and making, like, the end of year thing for the school and the fucking scene after he screens the film and the bully confronts him out he's like outside in the Amazing. hallway in fucking credible it's yeah. a it's someone like coming to terms with like the power they are able to wield with their like it's so amazing yeah. like yeah but in a way that, like, this film could have been so look at me, aren't I fucking yeah. hot shit? Yeah. But it's not. It's, you, you, you're, yeah. He, he's it. actively doing self-examination in the film. Mm. He's not doing it to try and, you know, be braggadocious. He's doing it to better understand who he as a person is. It, like, he's openly been like, 
all what the writing process of that him and Tony Kushner, who wrote the script. Um, so Tony Kushner, amazing fucking Pulitzer Prize. He wrote Angels in America, um, incredible play. Um, and then he wrote Munich and Lincoln with Spielberg and, uh, and West Side Story. And so basically what they would do during COVID is they would just jump on Zoom. And as Spielberg said, it'd be like, we'd just sit there for like four, five hours a day. And Tony would ask me about my life and we'd write. And he's like, it was just therapy. I just finally wow. went into therapy and it was with Tony and he would just write down everything. And then that formed the basis of what would be the script. And then we, yeah. It's fucking incredible. It's someone, yeah, like... You can feel that as well. Yeah. And having, like, you know, hey, I'm 75 years old. I better... Now's as good a time as any. <laughs> I wouldn't feel bad if, if this won Best Picture. I'd be happy. No. I can't wait to see Cameron's version. Yeah, I mean, it exists. <laughs> it just stars blue people on a planet called Andorra. Well, Cameron kind of did one of his versions with The Abyss. The Abyss is essentially about him and Gail Ann Hurd getting divorced. Yeah, but... I mean, a workaholic like... guy who is obsessed with the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> having a strange relationship with his wife, who's a businesswoman. Yeah, well, she's a producer. Yeah. But, I, I mean, like, Cameron's early life and then, you know, the train set that he destroyed. Yeah. And yeah. his dad becoming, like, the inventor of Twitter or something. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and then you could have Ridley Scott could do one, and you could get Tony to direct it. All oh, R.I.P. Tony. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's about all I've got to say about that. Yeah. Another biopic was Elvis. Yep. Was it? Yep. You don't want to talk about? Uh, it? No, no. Happy to. Sorry, I'm just kind of. Suppressing burps. <laughs> um, um, I thought, like, uh, did I swear? No, no. Um, yeah, Elvis. Uh... We won't. We won't say our nickname for Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, no, oh, that's fine. It's very on PC. Yeah, it's fine. It's Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, <laughs> it's because he's so fr- can like crazy with his style, I guess. Like, but it is. I don't think he's done a good movie since Romeo and Juliet. Moulin Rouge is okay. I don't mind Moulin Rouge. Uh, Australia is a giant steaming pile of shit. I can't believe he was allowed to make another movie after that. It, that is a... It, Australia should strangle him for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Great Gatsby's fine. I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but Elvis, I, I went in being like, I want this to be psycho. I want this to be like... As crazy as he is. Yeah. And it is for like the first 45 minutes. Yeah. And then it kind of settles down. And becomes a generic biopic yeah with moments of crazy and i just wish it was whole hog crazy um i i didn't like that they edited the songs and put them with more modern music yeah like having eminem do and doja cat and stuff what it's it's baz lerman of course that's fuck's sake yeah yeah i actually didn't mind elvis no it's solid after all the crap he's pulled out of his ass the last few years I actually think Elvis is a step forward yeah well that's not hard yeah I I, the more I think about the more I love Tom Hanks in it here comes Sandy Claus. (laughs) (laughs) he he was going for it because he's he's playing a bad guy yeah I, How often has he done that? Not very often. Not very often. And again, Tom Hanks is one of those people who's in his career, age of his career where he's just like, I'm in my fuck it phase. Like, he really is. Yeah. And it, I kind of like that. Geppetto. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, Elvis is fine. Um, it's just interesting to me that the front runners for the best actor race is down to the three of them being Brendan Fraser, um, Colin Farrell, and Austin Butler. Like he's very good in the film, but I don't, I don't see him winning, and yet he's got he's one of the front runners. I really don't like how there's the before Elvis Austin Butler and the after Elvis Austin oh, Butler, yeah. and his voice has now changed, and he just sounds like Elvis. See, I, I grew up in the mean streets of Anaheim with my mama. <laughs> <laughs> you um, fucking, you grew up, you, went, you grew up in Disneyland, motherfucker. What are you doing? Yeah, you don't sound. Where's Elvis from? Texas. Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. So Tennessee. In Tennessee. Things, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we were talking earlier about the round table thing, and he talks about how. Um, someone stopped him on the street and said, you need to play Elvis. Like, it was destiny. Yeah. He's like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're, yeah, it's fine. Elvis is a solid enough film. I kind of want to rewatch it just to, yeah, see if I like it more the second time. It, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But, I mean, we should probably start wrapping this thing up. There's still so many films to talk about, Chris. All right, fire off some. Let's do speed rounds. Okay. After Sun. Oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet, so... Um, After Sun came very close to being my number one of the year. Wow. I, I think After Sun is a uh, flat-out fucking masterpiece. Um, it was, I think, the last film I saw at MIF this year, at the film festival. I just went and was just like, oh, I've heard good things about this. I'll go, and it just blew my fucking socks off. Yeah. And then Charlotte Wells was there in person doing a and a afterwards as well, and just, yeah, it... It, I adore that film. We worked out that the girl, the yeah, Sophie, yeah. yeah, is um, born the same year as. Oh us. yeah, Charlotte Wells is I think eighty seven, yeah. 80, 87. So she's like around the same age as us. And there's just so much nostalgia in it, yep. and you can just feel like her. Like it's like watching a home video of you in the nineties. Yeah. And, and it's it, crazy how nostalgic it is. Yeah, the music is incredible. Um, we were listening to it actually on the drive over to Toby's place, the soundtrack. Fucking Steps, 5, 6, 7, 8, Macarena. No, uh, Brand Van's in there. Uh, but um, Courtney Love? No, it does have uh, what I think is the best needle drop of a movie this year uh, with Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, sorry, not Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Under Pressure at the end. Um because it's a, it's an interesting film. I it's one where you watch it and you kind of you can't help but get swept up in what it is and the kind of mood piece that it's creating. Yeah. Kind of like a Sofia Coppola movie a little bit where you're just like I'm just letting this wash over me, I guess, mm. but I don't know necessarily what it's about or what it's for. And then in that final kind of 20 minutes it all clicks together and it's fucking devastating when you like yeah, I I don't want to get into spoilery territory because Toby hasn't seen it and yeah, our Australian it. audiences it's not out here yet I think it comes out at the end of the month maybe but um, it's just incredible um, yeah. heartbreaking ending uh, yeah. well, thanks for the non-spoilers what? what about oh no that's vague enough still like yeah what about uh 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 Oh, I love RRR. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm still yet to see that. Um, yeah. That is too long. 
What, that movie is aggressively too long. You don't like three-hour Indian romantic comedy action historical drama epics? <laughs> I watched Patrick H. Willems. Um, oh, the video you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's every movie all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of everything everywhere, that's what RRR is. Um, yeah, that movie's fucking fantastic and was the best cinema experience yes. I had all year. You said you went right. to the cinemas to see it. Yes. And you didn't even see it, Tony. <laughs> everything everywhere. No, no, RRR. RRR, yeah. I was saying RRR is everything. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You said that a lot of the people in the cinema... I was the only white person. Yes. And they obviously knew who everyone was. Yes. And they were... Yes, um, I was incredibly tired and hungover. I was operating on about three hours sleep, and uh, it was like a nine thirty p.m. session. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I it's my one chance to see it. I'm I'm gonna go, and I regret nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish I watched it in that environment because yeah. I think I would have enjoyed it more. Because people it was they were screaming much. and yelling and wolf whistling and. Dancing? It's, yeah, it was incredible. Like standing up and cheering. It was. Is it nominated for best song? Yes, that was the only Oscar nomination it got was well, for Natu Natu. Yeah, because that song is fab. It is. It's not flamenco or salsa, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Natu? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking incredible! Like, yeah, it's it's the best. Um, um, the or, scene on the bridge, man. Like yeah. I listening to a podcast uh, this week where they referred to that scene on the bridge where they first meet, and it's the horse and motorbike thing. They're just like, it's a meet cute. It's it's the two main characters. Like it's their meet cute romantic comedy moment, but it's <laughs> saving a child from an exploding train on a bridge <laughs> with, with a horse and a motorbike and the like and the flag. I have to say, <sighs> I stopped appreciating the the ridiculousness of it because it was just too much. What you didn't get on board when the guy throws a like throws a fucking panther at somebody's face? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. I I love RRR. Yeah. What about X and Pearl? Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, I enjoy both of them uh, thoroughly. Again, the year of the fucking horror movie. I think so. Yeah. I really enjoyed X. It like, made me think of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Yep. Shot the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, you hadn't, I'm guessing you hadn't seen any of Ty West's earlier films. Like, no. Yeah. What is his earlier films? Uh, the Innkeepers, House of the Devil... Um, yeah, just a bunch of indie horror stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't like Pearl, but you really liked I liked Pearl. Um, I did. I thought I almost liked, I think I liked Pearl more. Um, oh, that's the, where well, they shot the guy, they made two movies at once, yeah? Yeah, and there's a third one coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really like it in particular. Her monologue? Her monologue's incredible. Yeah. Um, it is incredible. But how it works as a prequel to kind of, explain the motivation of your antagonist yeah. prior and why the, the fascination with, like, I was going to say, Pearl's fascination with young, Mi- like, the other Mia Goth character, why she's fixated and why and what, and it's like, now we have the understanding and the context for that, and it's heartbreaking, and I, I the fucking scene with the scarecrow, and uh, I, I loved Pearl. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I really dug it. I think... Whereas X is more of a straightforward kind of slasher horror movie mm-hmm. uh, with alligators. Um, <laughs> I love sex. At, yeah, and uh, the, the eye 
through the fucking people. Great. Um, but Pearl just hit me on that character examination level that just I, I loved. Mm. So, What about Triangle of Sadness? Okay, this is one where Toby just saw it this week for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one where I might abstain... Um, given my close proximity to that film. and How many the, times have you seen it? Uh, probably about eight or nine. I've seen it once, and I did not like the first half yeah. at all, and I really liked the second half. Yeah, I, I will say, again, I, I'm trying to <laughs> work-wise, I'll touch lightly, I guess. I, I think the third, the third chapter is my favourite by far as well. Well, when they're all on the island? When they're on the island, yeah. That, <laughs> that to me, is where the film kind of... Who am I? What did they call her? You're the captain. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. I, I am so bummed she missed. She got snubbed at the Oscars, missed out on the nomination. She's great. Yeah. That's a poo. I fucking, all the times I've watched it, I still think my favourite scene of the whole film is them in the lifeboat. And just been like, look, we should just tell it and be open about the religion. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> it was the only movie that I saw this year that um, stuck with me. So the next day I woke up thinking about that movie. Mm. You know, like that was, I didn't see many films like that this year. Yeah. Were there many Last people year. in your cinema screening? It was Cinema 3 at, Nova, at Kino. Okay. So it's a small, yeah, tiny yeah. one. Yeah. But it was pretty packed, mm. pretty, pretty full, probably about, oh, let me just do my visuals. Maybe 20 people. Okay. And this was a Friday night at yeah. 6 o'clock. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm more just asking because it, it was one of the films this year that it's good to see with an audience, when, especially when it gets yeah. to the captain's dinner. Well, a lot of people... <laughs> like that, hear, that scene. Hearing, I've watched the, I watched the film in a crowd of a couple hundred people, and that scene goes fucking nuts. Yeah, see, a lot of people didn't get... Because he's such a dark director. Yeah. Like, it's just a dark... Com- it's not just a dark comedy, but... There's so many elements that were fucking hilarious, and no one picked up on them. Yeah, and it's like it's the little uh, shit, like how every time, every morning they're out on like sunbathing or whatever, and it's always just life. Yeah, oh, life. it's the same fucking playlist every day. <laughs> like, I think I think some of the earlier scenes went on too long. That's that's Ruben's style. He yeah, yeah he he. Let's likes to wallow in it, I guess. Josh said it was his favorite film of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty fantastic. Like, it's it's really good. It is really good. Uh, it just makes you think as well because it analyzes so much and it does it all so well and it's so subtle and you don't even notice that it's doing it until you go back and you think about it. It's like, huh? Yeah. Is he actually saying this? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not. It's more than surface level. It's whereas uh, that's it's deep. Bro. <laughs> That's why I like the third chapter the best because I think the the messaging is very surface level for the first two halves, whereas the, it becomes more nuanced and more interesting. I don't think it is. It, it's wearing it's it's a, it's. I would say it's, I've only seen it once. It's more obvious, I guess, than yeah. in the back back third. Um, that's where it really gets into the whole like power dynamics and subtleties and there. And power corrupts all. Yeah, the amount of times I've had Didn't people ask me, me like, so does she... Like, oh, no, I won't... That was, that was going to be spoileries. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, but the, the ending is definitely left up to interpretation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is... I love the opening as well. Like, just fucking kicks you out, like, with the MIA song and the paint splattering on the screen. It's like, it just kicks you in the nuts yeah. <laughs> to start that movie. <laughs> 
Um, what about the Northman? I dug the Northman quite a bit. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Yeah. Uh, Robert Eggers, man, he he's just doing solid work, like the lighthouse, the witch, the Vavitch. Um, yeah, um, he's like doing a, he's doing a Nosferatu movie with Willem Dafoe, fucking perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I liked how simple the Northman was. There's yeah. not a lot to the story. Is it an old fable or something? No, like he just that? he just wrote it. He just wrote it. Yeah, yep. it feels like similar to like the witch. He just likes old. And the lighthouse as well just seems like an old, like it was based off a short story or something. Like, you know, he just likes old timey storytelling, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I liked it. Not much to it, but I liked it. No, yeah, it, it, it's it's one that it's a bit of a bummer. It kind of got lost this year. Like I know not many people saw it, mm. and then it obviously has been left off a lot of like end of year lists and awards and stuff. But it's it's one that I I thoroughly enjoy and recommend. The craft behind it's fucking impeccable. Like absolutely. The set the design and, is, and um, I don't know if they had Botox back in the day. Oh yeah, you're talking about Spiky Nicole. <laughs> well, yeah. you know they need to grate the cheese somehow, so her nose will do. <laughs> I thought um, she was incredible in the film, though. Yeah, the fucking, she always the, is. I wish she didn't do that to her face. Because yeah. she's an amazing actress. I know that's mean, but yeah, you know, I but it's just it's that one scene where he comes back. Like that one scene in the cabin is just. Awesome. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, so great. Uh, Clerks 3. Woo. <laughs> yeah, I got five minutes in. Not even. I got three minutes and like 20 seconds in before I turned that shit off. Yeah. <laughs> That's Kevin, all we need to say about Kevin that. Smith it's, it is one of those filmmakers. It's, I you know, God bless him. He's having fun doing what he's doing. But And I appreciate the fact that he's an artist that I fucking loved with all my heart when I was young and now cannot fucking stand. Yeah. yeah. And it's helped me kind of grow and learn to... Like, he got you, you into what you love. Yeah. Clerks is one of the most important films I ever saw. It got me... It's why I'm doing what I do in my life and my job. Um, but it's one... What, everything he has done over the last, like, ten years has been since just... Since stroke. Uh, well, since Red... I really liked Red State. I and that's a walrus State. movie. Tusk is fun for what it is, yeah. but it's a lazy, dumb film. Yeah. But Red State sig- signaled a crossroad where it's like, oh, shit, this is new inventive. It's shot really fucking well. Yeah, you could go one of two ways. And he went the lazy way. Yeah. And it... But like Because he found weed and he's a stoner now. No, whatever about all that. But yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Yeah, I don't either. But it's... it's I, I like that he... It, where his career has gone has helped me kind of not grow up, but like be okay with mediocrity. No, not <laughs> put, not having to love everything somebody does. Yeah. yeah, I guess like kind of teach you that lesson of like it's fine to not like shit just because someone you used to like made it. It's fine. <laughs> so I know I'm to... trying to explain something. It's kind. You don't need to yeah. love everything that people do. Yeah, yeah, and it's okay to like grow and not like stuff that you liked when you were younger as well. Like not fanboy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but not begrudging people that did like that movie or like his more modern stuff. Like that's fine. I like am. what you like. Um, today before I came here, I watched um, Decision to Leave. <gasps> yes. Okay. What did you think of that? <sighs> I didn't know, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. I loved Old Boy. Yeah. I love Old Boy. Oh, I yeah. Seen that Park Chan Wook. Yes. Yeah. 
That's the only reason why I watch this. Wow. I, I don't know. Like, I know there's a lot of subtlety and, and symbolism, like, you know, with the mountain and the water. And then there's, like, it's throughout the whole film in her dress, in the wallpaper. Um, but the, the way it's edited. Yeah. And shot. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I, I didn't know where I was at any point. Is that because he's suffering from insomnia and therefore we're kind of confused as well or is it just it's a, a little style? bit it, it, it's a bit of both yeah because i was like he's, don't spoil anything please no, no. I haven't said it. it he's is in the scene with one character and then it just cuts like it would within a scene to a completely different timeline mm-hmm. and then you don't know where you are or who he's talking to or you know i was so confused mm. it yeah i i can get that but i uh... I, I wasn't necessarily confused with it all. It's it's just it is so fucking stylized. Yes. It's it's like the most stylized movie I've seen in I don't know how long. It's it's yeah. it's like what I wanted Elvis to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it is fucking crazy how he shot that movie and how yes. he pieced it all together. And um, the use of phones, and yeah, technology, screens, and all of that, like really well done. Yeah, so amazing. Like all the cinematography is in terms incredible. of style. Yeah, love. Yeah. In terms of following the narrative or just where the character is or what we're doing or where we are, not so much. It, it's, I think it's slight. the one problem I will say is it's a romantic connection drama that is kind of housed within a detective story mm-hmm. and a murder mystery. And it, it that can be slightly disorienting. Like Very. when you're like, it's essentially a Zodiac style. Like, you know, it's a detective film we're watching, but yeah. it's not. That's yeah. not what he's doing or saying. And it's, yeah, it's, I, I fucking adore that film. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it was one where, like, I was legit, I was, like, kind of hoping get a Best Director nomination for him. <laughs> I think, yeah, he definitely deserved it. I think it's another one where once you realise what the film's doing, you can, if you do the rewatch, yes. then you can go and appreciate yeah, how absolutely. it does it. Because... For most of the film, I'm like, where are we going? Yeah. And I think now that I know, if I were to rewatch it, I could just appreciate yeah. how we get there. Because it's also one where it wraps up, you, you think it's wrapping up, and then it's still got like another 40 minutes to go. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, that's because that's, that's not, not the ending. That's not what the story was. Like, yeah. we're wrapping up the detective story, but that's not what the movie yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, Super interesting. I love it. Have you watched The Handmaiden, his previous film? No. It's pretty great. I you, I reckon you'd really dig The Handmaiden. Yeah. Mm, great, great movie. Yes. Um, what about Bones and All? <gasps> Another film that I adore that um, I get why a lot of people don't. <laughs> why do you think they don't? Um, they're going to watch Toyota Camry be <laughs> a uh, romantic <laughs> kind of... It's like you hear from the director of uh, Call Me By Your Name and Timothy Chalamet and stuff, and it's not that at all. Instead, it's kind of closer to, like, Badlands, like a Terrence Malick film, just with cannibals. Mm. And it's, again, a film... Like, a lot of films this year about connections and relationships and how people deal with them and grief and loss. It's And a lot of yeah. films who aren't necessarily doing it in the expected way. No. A lot of the films... Um, you know, you're not quite sure where we're going. Yeah. And I like that. It's fresh. It's new. Like, I I could be controversial take here, but I think 
Mark Rylance is one of the most sympathetic villains I've seen in a movie in a long time. Oh my god, he was amazing. He like brilliant performance and like the best <laughs> performance of the whole film. Yeah, life's never dully when you're with Sully. <laughs> <laughs> but like so creepy. It's it, it's creepy and off putting, but you get. I don't know about you, but like yeah, I got yeah. why. Empathize with him because he's alone. Like the life that these people lead is so isolating and so solitary that like he he openly says it to her. He's like, "I dried with you. It that fucking means something." Like, yeah. I know I'm a weird psycho dude, but like, you, like it meant something. Like you yeah. can't, yeah. And he can't have it with anybody else. No, and he's trying to make connection, and then when that fails, he doesn't know how to react. And yeah, and it's easier for Chalamet and um, God, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, I... Her name is she. Like she is Mar- Marin. Oh, Marin's the character name. Um, I Taylor forget. Russell. Taylor Russell. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. The two of them, it's easier for them because like, you're getting the brief, brief glimpses of it with Marin, the like lack of connection and stuff like her dad abandoning her and stuff and the mother and all of that. Um, so she, you can see her like, she's like so easily could become Sully, but being young still and making that connection with Timothy Chalamet is able to pull her out of that life and makes it even more kind of heartbreaking and sad with Mark Rylance where it's just like he's seeing what he, like the alternate path life and yeah, it's oh, he could have such a beautiful beautiful layered film that one mm. um my favorite soundtrack of the year as well yeah. um my, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's score so unlike anything they'd done before they're so usually synth and like industrial heavy and apparently Luca Guadagnino, the director, was like, Americana. That's my one note for you, is Americana. Mm. And it's just, like, acoustic guitar and beautiful. Mm. I, I fucking love Bones and All. Yeah. You, you dug it as well? I did, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think another one where, on the rewatch, I might appreciate it more. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Never Dully with Sully. Uh, yeah, I thought his character was... Um, Really interesting. How crazy the scene where they come, like the car comes up and it's the dad from uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, the dad from Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. That creepy fucking scene. Yeah. Would you call this film a horror? No. It has horror elements, but it's not a horror. Mm. Like it is, there's definitely horror imagery and stuff in there. Like obviously that first fucking eating scene is full on. Horrific. (laughs) Yeah. And there's some horror stuff, but it's like the thing about like when they're at the carnival. And, like, the the cornfield killing and stuff like that. It's not played like a horror movie. No, it isn't. It's played like Badlands. It's played like the, the two lovers who are on the run and need money, and so they have to fucking kill a drifter. And it's played like a drama, not mm. like a horror. Um, you know who the other hillbilly guy, the one who's not an eater uh, with Michael Stuhlberg? That's David Gordon Green, the director of Pineapple Express. <laughs> And uh, George Washington, a great Criterion movie. Um, he's done the Halloween trilogy, that new set of Halloween movies. That's just him acting in this for some reason. Mm, <laughs> it's weird. Love it. Yeah. Um, what about the movie Tar? Okie dokie. Uh, Toby, do you want us to not be spoilery? Yeah, preferably. Okie dokie. Again, Tar, Stone Cold Masterpiece. Yeah, we're getting in. Saying... Like these are among like my favorites of the year. Yeah, you were saying that um, 
A lot of Australians don't know about this movie. Yeah. The reason was... we bring that up is obviously because of Kate Blanchett. Yes, and I mean, it is. it came out in Australia with the time we're recording this a week ago. Um, but I was at Pub Trivia last night, and one of the questions was, uh, Kate Blanchett is nominated for Best Actress this year for what movie? And there, you heard the entire pub go, what? Huh? Who? Huh? She's in a movie? What? Best yeah. Actress? Blanchett? <laughs> <laughs> that guy? Huh? Aurora yes. <laughs> May I see it? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so there's not much of an awareness, and I get why. It is a very specific type of film. Um, like all of Todd Field's movies, uh, they're all fucking incredible and they're all very niche. And he hasn't come out and made a film in a very long time, has 14 he? 14 years, I think. Fuck. His last one was Little Children in 2007. Yeah. Uh, which is, I haven't seen that, but Josh fucking loved it. It's fucking great. Yeah. And before that was 2002, a movie called In the Bedroom, which is also fucking fantastic. But I know him best from Twister. Ah, okay. That's your go-to for him? <laughs> well, only because you told me. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I go to uh, Eyes Wide Shut. He's Nick Nightingale, the pianist, who ah. gives Tom Cruise the info about the orgy. And... Do you know I've only seen that film once? Oh, man. I watched it. It's now weirdly become uh, my go-to Christmas movie. <laughs> it's it set of Christmas. Great. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched it on Christmas Eve again, and I'm just like, my takeaway from this recent watching was... I mean, again, five star, master, five out of five, masterpiece. Uh, quickly and possibly could be my favorite Kubrick film. Ooh. Yeah, I, I wow. think it is a fucking masterpiece. I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Anyway, back to Tar. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed Tar. Again, another film where I was so confused where we were going. And I think if I rewatched it, I would appreciate it more. Um, but yeah, that ending, Chef's yes. Kiss. Oh yeah, it is that thing where it is. It's a it's a long movie, like two hours forty or something. Yeah. But it it's it is a pressure slow. It's a pressure cooker. It's just slowly bubbling and ratcheting up that heat and that tension, and you're not sure why or yes. where. Yes. And like you you get what's happening, what's kind yes. of simmering there, yeah. and then it. It's when not it, hard to follow. No. It's like, why? Where are we going? And what then where it ends, and again, it's similar to The Fablemans, like one of the best final shots of a movie that is just, like you said, chef's kiss. Yeah. Like of, wow, I burst out laughing. <laughs> like, <laughs> which is like, I don't know if that's like says something about me or like <laughs> it's me just trying to like com- compartmentalize or like deal with what it, it all, but like. Holy shit, that, that ending is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon she'll win Best Actress? Um, who else is nominated? See, there's the, the person who I want to win is, I think, in the film we'll talk about is the last one. Yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it, it's between those two. Yeah. Um, she would deserve it. Yeah. Um, she pulled it off very well. Mm. The scene at the primary school, yeah, with the little girl, oh, yeah, so good, fucking mental. Yeah, my see, like my slight issue with, her, like, not 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 faulting her performance at all, but like the the I guess the the understanding that she's going to win Best Actress with it. It it's not a performance that I can't imagine other actresses doing just as well. Hang on a minute. So you think if somebody else were to do it, they'd do it just as good a job? I think s- certain actors could pull it off yeah. just as well. Uh, it, she's not doing anything in that performance that makes it 
uniquely something only she could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. It, it's really similar as well to her Blue Jasmine character yeah, in yeah, some yeah. levels. And she already won a fucking Oscar for doing that. And sometimes, you know how we were talking about how actors get to their fuck it stage? Yeah. And we love that? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like you're just like, okay, you're being amazing again. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's awful to like, say, but you know what I mean? You're yeah, like Kate like, oh, Blanchett's best character, like best performance to me is Carol because it's something unique and it's her outside of her comfort zone and doing something I hadn't seen her do before. Mm. Whereas Tar, it's, I've, you've, it's, I've seen you do this. Yeah, I've seen yeah, you play yeah. these notes before. You play it perfectly, mm. but it's, fuck it, like it's, Michelle Yeoh and everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. No one else could play that character. No. And she does it incredibly. I know we're building to that, but yeah. I have some bef- another film before. <clears throat> 3,000 Years of Longing? Yeah, so this is one... Toby, you've, you saw this with me at the film festival. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that one. Yeah, you, Toby just perked back up, woke back up. I think yeah. it was utterly charming. Yeah, it's just... George Miller being a funny old grandpa with his glasses and just yep. telling yeah, a story was, about stories. It was all right, that one. It was not bad. It was just like, I don't know, like, just, um, again, vignette and it was like listening to someone tell you a story. Yeah. The only beef I have with it, with it is the main storyline didn't... If you've didn't... got beef. <laughs> <laughs> the main storyline, um, the Tilda Swinton storyline and where it ends up. I was like, meh. But when he's telling her story, yeah. that for me is, I love. I like where it ends. It, it's, she gets her fairy tale ending. Yeah. Like, it's nice. But, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. It's one, yeah, it, it's a, just George Miller doing his fucking thing, man. Like, just fun, peppy. It, it zips along at a fucking pace. Like, it's not long. Yeah. Like, you would expect a movie called 3,000 Years of Longing to be, like, two and a quarter hours. Oh, my it's God, like, it sounds long. Yeah, it's, like, a brisk <laughs> 90 minutes or something. It's fucking, it's fun, and it's just telling old tales. Yeah. Yeah, I, and it's hyper-stylized and greatly acted, and, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Well, is there any other films that you wanted to mention? No, I, I think I'm good. I'm pretty good. What about everything, then? That's, that's my number one of the year. I and, had one. Oh, Moonfall. Oh, <laughs> Yes, What's let's. Moonfall? Moonfall is a Roland Emmerich film uh, from the director of Godzilla and Independence Day. Um, what if the moon fell? <laughs> Hang on, I think I've seen something about this. It stars uh, Patrick Wilson. It is great. <laughs> it's no ambulance, but it's pretty good. It is dumb and funny. Uh, it's like the moon crashing into the earth, but then it turns out the moon is hollow and yeah. AI aliens have been... Yeah, it's, Fuck yeah. It's like all the truth shit. Yeah. Like it's, flat earthers and all of that kind of shit. It's fantastic and so dumb and so... If you want a good bad movie, like, Moonfall. Yeah, except R.I.P. like Roland Emmerich. Like, he's never going to make another movie. Well, he kind of self-financed that one, and it did okay, so he, he just... Did it? Well, it wasn't a Hollywood movie. It was, like, European and Chinese financing and stuff. Like, he's finding ways to make stuff. Hmm. He might just end up going the M. Night Shyamalan route, who... You know what, yeah, M. He's, Night... He's gotten, like, people actually like him. Ever since Split, he now finances all of his yeah. own movies with his own money. Yeah, so he's, like, the smart version of Kevin Smith, who makes movies that people actually want to go and see. Yeah, he keeps his budgets low, and he yeah. makes... He's got a movie coming out tomorrow that I'm gonna fucking go what? see tomorrow. It's called uh, Knock at the Cabot, and it looks fun. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, Dave Batista's in it. I don't like him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Everything Everywhere All at Once, my number one film of the year. Um, 
has been since I saw it in April. See, this is the thing. I th- like just before we get into the film, the word favorite or best, I have a lot of trouble with because I feel like I love the Fablemans just as much as I loved everything. Yeah. And I just don't think they're compatible, like comparable. You yeah, can't yeah, compare that's... them. Like they're too different. It's it's one I think. Yeah, they're drastically. Di- that's why I don't like like for my end of year videos and lists and There's stuff. No best. I don't use the word best. I use the word favorite. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's what. I personally enjoyed the most. You're not like, saying this is the best. No, You're this no. This is my favorite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This yeah. is the film that connected with me that I liked. Um, everything, everywhere. It, it. I just adored, and it um, just hit every note that I wanted it to. And the viewing experience of it, it, it. I've seen it like four times now, and every time I am getting something new. Yeah, getting I, something new. Completely gripped from start to finish. Laughing, crying. Everything. Oh, so much crying. I yes, I agree. And it's maximalist. It's yeah. it's it's so many different genres. A a movie that has a fight between guys with butt plugs shoved like shoved up their asses is going to win Best Picture. Yes. <laughs> But, uh, a a movie that has a raconkui <laughs> sequence <laughs> with a ratatouille sh- with a sh- the fact that that's like set up as a joke and then it fucking pays off later with an actual and I love the fact that the raccoon puppet is pretty shitty and kind of yeah. janky looking and I reckon you and I should do an episode just on everything. I would happily do that. Do because we? Yeah, we can't possibly talk about it now. No, well, I'm I'm more than happy to do that Let's if we want to. Yeah. yeah, you guys um, can do that. Because I didn't love it as much as you did. Yeah, Toby's what? in that. Do you think it was because it was too overwhelming? Fuck no. Or I just didn't love it. You just... I just didn't love it. Like, I just didn't didn't vibe with its vibe. I, with different wavelengths. Um, <laughs> such a wank. You, you, but, like, you love Swiss Army Man. Oh, fucking oath. That movie's a masterpiece. Yeah, That's you... a stone-cold killer. Yeah. Like, I love the Daniels. Like, but this is... It just... It's a fucking brilliant movie. It's fantastic. Like, there's nothing you can really fault it on. Just not your tempo. Just wasn't for me. <laughs> I, I just, just didn't just didn't dig it as much as, like, as everybody did. Yeah. Like, if it wins Best o- Oscar, I wouldn't be disappointed yeah. because it deserves it. Um, it just, yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't for me. I appreciate that movie the most out of everything that I didn't like this year. <laughs> that's a I like that's a, like a poster pull quote. I like I like this movie the most out of things I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> I like bizarre. And like I'm not yeah, I don't know. It's just this is I this I've been trying I've only seen it one time and there's just been something that I haven't been able to put my finger on mm-hmm. as to the reason why I didn't vibe this or gel with this as much as as everybody else did. And I don't know, it's like right up my alley, like multi-dimensional, like mm. just crazy out there kind of humour and just it shot and filmed really Could it, could it be? Well. The f- it, it it has a bit of a self-knowingness about it. Yeah, it might be a bit of smugness. Like, but it's nowhere near, like the ultimate bad example of that is like Deadpool. Yeah. Where like, that's just like, yeah, we're in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> And you're just like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go back to selling your tequila, Brian. No, I, just, I, don't Whereas, think that's, I don't think that's very intrusive. I don't, like, it definitely yeah. has that aspect. It, it, it is hyper aware of the fact that it's a movie and it's playing yeah. with that, but it's not doing it in a 
douchey, smuggy way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... But, it's... but it, there, that element is still there that could be rubbing you the wrong way, yeah, possibly. Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, maybe I'm all about the authentic. authentic Whereas, like, comparing that to Swiss Army Man, which is a movie that wears itself... It's hard on its sleeve. Oh, yeah. And it's... We have the the weirdest, dumbest premise, but we're going to execute it so sincerely. I'm laughing now, and I'm just thinking about that movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, just fighting corpse has a boner who points the way home. Uh, he's just a Swiss <laughs> Army knife. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you, which do you prefer, Chris? Uh, everything, everywhere. Yeah. I, but that being said, I also think Swiss Army Man is a fucking masterpiece and was one of my favorites of that year. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, 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 I've been a fan going back. To, if, if you haven't seen it before, it's on YouTube. Check out uh, the Daniels short film, Interesting. Ball. Oh, that's 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 great. I it, remember watching amazing. that with you like yeah. years and years ago. A bunch of their shorts are all online. I highly recommend. Like I've been on, into them onto them for quite a while. Didn't so. they do that? Um, what? Oh, oh turned down for what? Yeah. Music video. Yeah, yeah, lots of music videos. So um, yeah, like it's a good movie. It's a fantastic movie. It's just not my movie. Fair enough. Well. Not my spring chicken. Yeah. I think um, there's too much to talk about with everything. I would be down for a, another episode just on that. I, I'm happy to do that as well. Yeah. So we'll, we'll kind of table our everything discussion until then, but safe to say that we both fucking love it. Yes. Would that be the one that's kind of vying for your top as well? Yeah. Yes. What, if, if you were to name a couple of like highlights, what would be, like say, your top few? Yeah, Fableman's Everything, The Northman. Um... The Northman. 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 Um, <laughs> With an F. North. Fuck. I'm going to pull up my letterbox. What about you, Chris? Oh, we've got your 2020. Yeah, my, I've done my standard uh, end of year video that has my uh, my 22 favourite films for 2022. So uh, if anyone hasn't seen that, I'll put it in the episode description and you can kind of check it out there. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of my list. But yeah, everything everywhere, um, After Sun and Fablemans for yeah, me. Yeah, that... Um, that I think I'm the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah mine would be um, uh, Beavis and Butthead. Did you uh, watch that? Yeah, the new one. Yeah, of course I did. did. Was there a Beavis and Butthead? Yep. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was. It was... Did, you, did you see they announced today that King of the Hills coming back? No, it's not. Yeah, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels and all everyone is coming Except back. For Brittany Murphy. Yeah, I was waiting for you to make that <laughs> comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not see that, but. I that doesn't surprise me because I don't see anything anymore. Um, the other one that I saw this year that I really liked is I can't remember what it is and it was right on the tip of my tongue. Marcel. Yeah, well that obviously. Um, fuck, what was it now? Oh well, it doesn't really matter. Who cares what I have to think? Um, let's just say Marcel. Yeah. Yeah, I said Marcel, but maybe let's say. Where did it go? Okay, it's all good. I'm just blubbering for the blubber for the sake of it. Yes, it was Marcel and Beavis and Butthead, and that's it. Okie dokie. <laughs> well, um, thank you all for listening to this incredibly long and uh, laid-back discussion on 2022 movies. Maybe uh, it was something in the dirt. Did you like? You liked that one, though. I know, right? that's yeah. what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I like movie. <laughs> you need to check out there. You need to check out the Endless. I know, uh, I know. Yeah, 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 earlier yeah. films. Um, but yeah, I uh, hope you enjoyed. Uh, if you hadn't seen any of the movies, you got some fun to uh, you know picks to check out there. Um, and Lee and I will be back, I guess, with an episode on everything, everywhere. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, uh, regular episodes will be back to their regular scheduled programming. 
we'll be back uh, doing all those. Um, we've got a, I've got a few in the can. So um, Triangle of Sadness is out and about, and I'm, can my work's easing up a bit, so I can get back to the schedule. So yeah, you should go and see Triangles. It's really good. Yeah, help help me keep a job. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, the Patreon is kicking away. Uh, Instagram, Letterboxd, Twitter, all of that stuff. I'll put it all in the episode description along with my end of year video. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Toby, Lee, thanks for chatting. You're welcome. You're very welcome. We'll uh, catch you guys next time. Uh, For this episode, I'm Chris. I'm Lee. I'm some bloke in the corner. (laughs) See you later.